It's time for the Ghostfire Media Network podcast show, featuring the stars of iRacing's IVRL and the AOLL. Now, here's your host, the Ghostfire Media Network crew. And welcome to episode 12 of Ghostfire Media, the podcast. I'll be your host tonight, Larry Patrick. Carl. I'm Josh Laston. Oh, <laughs> I'm pulling up points. Uh, Carl Henderson here. And Nick Adams is oh, yeah, got, currently playing with <laughs> Josh Laston. Yeah. And, and I want to point out there, guys, um, we literally went over this before. We went over we this started... two minutes ago. Yeah, We went over this before we started we, this podcast. We just aren't used to it because we're missing Adam Wood tonight. Yeah. And normally he is our upper left-hand corner because Discord does everything by first name. And it, yeah, I just don't want to be first. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough there. Uh, but yeah, so we got an exciting show for everybody here tonight. Uh, a lot of... Uh, I don't want to call it drama, but I'm going to call it drama. Uh, A lot of talking points from the week. Talking points. Okay, we'll, we'll call them talking points. Um, this is uh, for IVRL, which they came out of their, uh, what, what was that? Uh, the All-Star something. Race. Thank you, All-Star Race. I don't know why I can think that. Uh, I ain't even had a beer yet. The truck race I heard was really good racing. Unfortunately, we didn't get to broadcast that. Uh, I got stuck on staff duty, so I wasn't able to be here for that. Thursday night, exciting. Just just an update on that. I'll be able to start streaming that soon because uh, Blake Gordon's been kind enough to uh, mail me some RAM. So uh, I'll be uh, good to go there soon. Perfect. Thank you, Blake Gordon. And then uh, we're going to have IVRL talk IV, or excuse me, we already said that one. Uh, The TNT series, you threw me off. TNT series, wild race. Apparently, I sounded like Nick Adams during the broadcast. Uh, I, I probably should go back and listen to that. And yelled at your teammates a lot. <sighs> Got a lot to talk to you guys about. And then we're going to talk about the Cup Series, and then we're going to look forward to the next week of Cup. So uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we should have our first guest, Ira Kohlhaas, should hopefully be here soon. He has not jumped in the waiting room yet, so uh, we're just going to take a quick break, uh, hear from our man Pat Patterson, and then we'll be right back. Hi, it's Pat Patterson, The Racing Guy. You're listening to the Ghostfire Media Podcast. All right, and we're back already. You know, quick, short, little five seconds. So Ira has not jumped in the lobby yet. Um, So until he gets there, we'll go ahead. We'll kick this off. Nick, you out there? Yeah, no, I'll be here, but I'm still working on things. Okay, cool, but... Because Randy's not here. Uh, I said he was going to be. Not here yet. Let's go ahead and start with the IVRL, right? So they had their uh, annual all-star race. The overall winner was, wasn't Causey. Causey lost this one. Who was it? Um, uh, the overall winner was Greg Holt. Thank you, Greg Holt. I think the first heat, it was Weathersby, if I'm thinking correctly. Uh, in... In the um, in the open, it was Nicholas Weatherby, uh, Harvey Abrams. Uh, this is embarrassing. This was three days ago. 
Wow. <laughs> oh, you said in the uh, open? Um, our guest... Carl wasn't even there. Our, hold on. Nope. Our guest from last week... I know he won one. Uh, see? Look, my brain's fucking shot this week. If I remember correctly, Gaspar got the third entry, and then no, it was... Gaspar was locked in. Yeah. Didn't uh, Gatherite get uh, one of them? That's... Uh, oh, yes. 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 <laughs> Mr. Um, Mr. Wrecking Ball on Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just want to make sure that everyone understands. Nick, and correct me if I was wrong. This all-star race was for a butt kicker. It was for a butt kicker gamer two unit. So, so it, this was not an average race. It wasn't just points. There was actually a prize for winning this race. Yes, there there was a prize for winning the race. Um, I don't think it really called for um, what we ended up seeing, but there was a there was a prize for it. So, for everybody out there that didn't catch that race, who wants who who on the team wants to describe what happened? Um. So I was in the broadcast booth. So, so I'll, all right. I'll first, well, I don't know what you're right, doing. I know. I know. Basically, the entire team went back and watched that. So, from what I saw, if I'm not, is my webcam working? Eh, it's fine. Wait until it happens. It actually, you know, this is maybe, what happens when you change point. technology right before we. Maybe at some point it'll work. Uh, this um, is also why I am currently on a laptop, not my desktop, right? Like technology never wants to work. Let me just boom, boom. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. What? What? <laughs> I have no idea why that's there. Hold on. Oh, there oh, we yeah. go. There, there. Yeah, so <laughs> what are we doing right now? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. Hold on. There. Uh, dear God. There. That's what you get. Dear OBS God. is being weird. Um, okay. So, basically, um, what happened was... Uh... Oi. Uh, Mr. Gathright, from what, what, I, what I have been told, uh, we have to look at different, you know, angles of these, these uh, views or these incidents. Uh, I have looked at every single view of these incidents from Tuesday night. And I can pretty much put a kibosh to the any of these weren't just overdriving the car. Uh, he obviously, yes, you know, you're you're going for a butt kicker game or two unit. You want to get in the main show. Uh, but there's a level of respect that you need to have from your fellow racers later in the season when you get to the playoffs and you're going for a butt kicker game or two unit if you didn't win this one. Um, and I think that might have been forgotten on Tuesday night, but it was a, it was a massive mess. I mean, there was probably six, five or six incidents in the uh, open be, that be, were caused be, by the same many, person. And many of them were between lap 20 and 30. Yes, there was a 10-lap stretch in there where... Uh, so caution laps didn't count in the All-Star Open. Um, realistically, it should have lasted maybe... 15, 20 minutes. Uh, the All-Star Open lasted 47 minutes because we were under caution from lap 20 to lap 30 for probably 25 laps. All right. It was oh. a ugly stretch of the middle part of the race. So, And then he didn't end up winning that stage, which was the more aggravating part. I, I mean, for me, and it looks like we may have just gotten an extra person, 
is that yeah ira just just joined the server um he should be coming in here in a second um, okay, so I, I will save my commentary until he gets here, because it's not necessarily what happened, but I have a big lingering question surrounding the setup of the, uh, just how everything for this race was, because... But do you mean the way the car was driving? Because I, I had a lot of questions that I asked these guys before the race started. I, m my biggest thing was actually the track selection uh so i believe and cody i believe cody's in the comments he can confirm this for us but i think that's because eric jones a few weeks ago mentioned it that nascar is thinking about bringing the fairgrounds back and he suggested that could be a fantastic place for an all-star race uh myself and randy talked about it during the all-star race actually but i don't think it's capable of holding a cup series race a truck or an Xfinity Series race where you only bring in five or six or seven thousand people that might be able to handle it, but a twenty-five thousand, thirty thousand capacity race at a track like that just is not going to happen. No. Since we can actually, well, there we ask go. This question now we brought the guest in. Ira Kohlhaas has joined us. Um, so first off, before Ira, are you there? Can we, can you hear us? Yes, sir. I got you. Awesome, man. Uh, good to have you. Am I pronouncing your first name right and your last name? Let me let me get that out of the way. Yep. Okay, perfect. Yep. Um, so real quick, before we delve any deeper into this, uh, let's go ahead and get the, the proper introduction. So give us uh, the 411, who you are, what you drive, what number, series, all that happy jazz. Got you. Well, I'm Ira Colhaas from Woodlawn, Tennessee. I drive the number 29 Pepsi car in the IVRL Butt Kicker Cup Series. Um been a pretty tough season so far um ain't had the luck that i've wanted but we're still plugging away at it uh teammates with brandon massey in the 65 mountain dew car and he's the one that paints all the stuff and keeps it looking good awesome man uh so we're just we're, we're kind of getting into the uh conversation i don't know if you've caught any of it uh but basically the uh we're just going to call it the the gate right incident uh, I I know that Josh there's got a little smirk on his face. He has some questions for Josh. No, I just thought of a different name. I would call it Gaithright Gate, but it's <laughs> fun for me to say. I would just call it Crash Gate at this point. I mean, it, it's legitimately what it was. Well, are we talking? Which one are we talking about? Uh, all of Tuesday night, pretty much the second stage. Uh, all of Tuesday night. I actually had a plan because he passed me. And I kind of had it in the back of my head of what was going to happen with the rest of the race. So when, once he got in front of me, I think it was towards the end of stage two. And I went ahead and pit and got four tires, came out in stage three. And I was like, well, I'll, I mean, if he's going to drive like that, I'll just, I'll just follow him through, you know. And um, I think uh, him in the 76 got into it in turn three. And the 76 went up and got the wall, and I just had nowhere to go. So that plan kind of backfired. Yeah, he got into it right there. He got into it with Charles, and then I think it was the next restart. On the first lap of the next restart, he got into it with Derek. And he got into it with Harvey. And then he got into it with Charles again. And I believe you got involved in, like, two of those. And we were 
almost certain up here in the booth that your night was over, but you continued to run, which was uh Yeah, I uh the, the engine wouldn't refire on that one where I had escaped and had it tow me back to the pits. But I think if if it would have refired since the caution laps didn't count, I would have been able to stay on the lead lap. Um, I would have stayed in there to get as much done as possible and um, just hope for them guys to get a little payback and take each other out, and then I could have transferred. Speaking of payback, uh, you know just about as much as I do probably about this. There is some conversation that the next few weeks for Josh could go almost a uh, Matt Kenseth, Joey Logano way from what I've been hearing. So do you think anybody's going to actually go out there and try to pay him back for this? Or do you think they're going to care more about, uh, especially getting down to where we're in the, the last few races before the cutoff, uh, worrying about the points? This is a pretty good group of guys. And um, I wouldn't think anybody would go out there and Joey Logano, Matt Kenseth, the situation. But I wouldn't be surprised if we get down 10 laps to go and they're battling for a position. They use eight tires instead of four. Well, hey, Ira, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, man, in the comments, there's uh, somebody saying, uh, yes, and I volunteer. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't wait to see um, that. I, I'm, oh, I'm going to tell you that they're, gonna be fun. they are. Uh, and, and same individual also said uh, Gaither has a lot of uh, people not happy with them and looking for payback. So, and, and obviously, apparently, this one individual, and like I said, we, you can go ahead and read the comments. I mean, obviously, the name's there, but I'm not going to blurb it out. But uh, it should make for a fun way in Nashville, like you said. Well, I've, I've ran um, probably 20 laps at Nashville, and I still haven't got the hang of it. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think that one might boil down to who has the most practice laps or who lucks into something with the steering ratio and offset and the brake bias and things like that. That track, it's going to be fun because it's so bumpy and it's so technical. Um, but uh, I don't know if, I don't know if Nashville would be the place for, be the perfect place for payback. I mean, if they're, if they're really, really looking for, you know, to get him where it hurts, wait until he's running really, really good one night and get him. So the biggest thing I'm actually looking forward to, especially if we're talking about Nashville, is the fact that no one is a master of it yet. No, no, I don't. Unless you've got nothing going on, you don't have a wife, you don't have kids, you don't have a job or anything like that. Um, I don't think anybody's going to have enough practice laps to get in on that track to master it and just just go out there and dominate. So I have a bad feeling that uh, that both of you are wrong. Joseph Causey is is going to take his time and go out there and have uh he's probably going to put in a lot of practice up for this next race well, i'm not going to say that he's that's... probably going to be the uh he's probably going to have it pretty much mastered by the time we get there on tuesday night he's, well, he's told us his story before be great but again there's intricacies of the track that are not going to be well documented as ira said it's bumpy and there are going to be certain things that are going to catch drivers out where I think we're going to see some errors that may not be normal for people because you don't have that muscle memory like you do on the backstretch of Homestead. Oh, where if you're too close to the outside wall, it's bumpy, and you may go into the wall just because a bump sends you there. I don't really know if the second or third lane will come in 
to play in Nashville, and if flat traffic becomes a factor, um, I did notice that there's quite a few bumps going into that second lane entering one. They, they really do upset the car if you're carrying a good amount of speed going in there. So there's, you know, they, some people might get a lot of practice laps in. I know I'm going to try to practice some, but we've got, we got my daughter's birthday party coming up on Sunday, so I don't know how much I'll get in. Um, but it's, like he said, there could be mistakes from people that you wouldn't expect mistakes to come from, especially in that traffic. Yeah, it's kind of good about the uh, the bumps that you mentioned, just for everybody's sake, that uh, we're probably only going to have to deal with those one time because according to what I've been hearing, they're going to be repaving the track before the next time NASCAR comes back. So we won't have those bumps, so it'll be a one-time thing where we have to deal with those. But uh, how is that going to affect your strategy? Is it is it eating up tires? I mean, without giving out too much of the information that you already have from your small amount of... Uh, time on the track is it you know an abrasive racetrack where it's going to take away some of your grip quicker in the run or is it just going to wear your tires down over a long period of time and affect you near the end of the stages well obviously it's concrete so the strategy is almost going to be the exact same as dover i i think other than the heavy braking going into the corner it drives a lot like dover i don't know if that's the iRacing setup or if it's the, the actual fact that it's concrete um but when you change lanes and stuff and you go over those those separations in the concrete with um, the wheel and as high as I have the force feedback, you can actually feel that. So there's a, there's a lot of similarities between that and Dover. We all know Dover wears the tires down on a long run. So I would assume that Nashville would do the same. But with the fact that um, you're braking so hard and you're, you've got to slow down to hit the line so much at Nashville the heat could get to the right front and wear it out a little bit, but I wouldn't expect it to, I wouldn't expect it to be as bad as Dover. Just based off of the fact that the speeds are going to be so much slower. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point. It's a really good point, actually. Very Normally nice. I have, you know, random facts to give you about the track and then ask you questions about this track has been on the NASCAR schedule for a whole 15 minutes. So wow. right. I'll, I'll have some sort of fact by Tuesday, but right now I've got nothing. Then. We, 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 we all hardly expect the rain man to have some sort of fact. Well, actually I do have a fact. They did give you the fact they're going to be repaving the track, but uh, apparently this is a, um, a fact that I haven't been able to confirm yet. But it's what I've heard from a few of my sources that give me some of these facts. What? That, who? First off, who are your sources? I, I'm not gonna name my sources. There are people inside NASCAR. It's probably Reddit. No, no, there are actually people inside NASCAR. People I've yeah on Reddit. Motor Speedway. No, it's people who work for the sport. Give me my give me my information. Hence why I you know have some information other people don't have at the moment. But um, with with Nashville, apparently the first year the track was uh, built. And the first time they held a race there, a patron died in the infield. Now, that's not really interesting. But it's kind of morbid. To, hold on. According to what I was told, and I still haven't been able to confirm it, but this is what I've been told, that patron was then buried on the outside of the racetrack. Oh, I, I saw that on Reddit. It's not. Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just a dick. You're a bald <laughs> dick drinking your wine. <laughs> That's I, wine, um, bro. Is it wine? I can't tell. 
There's ice in it. He's I not that basic. Whiskey, man. Oh, get the H out of here. Anyhow. What, what is it's that, actually like... rum, but okay. Oh, same, oh. same. All right. Anyway, yeah. Joy. So, I kind of like you were saying, it's been a tough season for you so far. How do you... How do you attack a track that you don't have a whole lot of knowledge on, right? So I know it kind of caveats off that question we just had, but you've already, like you pointed out, it's just been a rough season. So do you go in there with a, a better mindset thinking that, hey, this is everybody's got to adapt to this? or it, it is kind of a level playing field right now. You know, obviously the weekend's coming up. And like I said earlier, some people are going to get more practice than not and get that. Um, the muscle memory or the, you know, some, some guys that I've raced with on here are visual drivers and they want to know like an ad on the wall or something like that as their breaking point or a bump or something like that. Uh, Once, once everybody figures that out, um, I think it'll, it'll, um, it'll turn into, you know, just a patience game. I know, I know with me, if I don't get to get back on here with everything we've got going on this weekend, it's going to be, taking my time in the first stage, you know, real easy in and just testing how hard you can come off of the corners. I know turn three in the the afternoon with the ally ad on the side of the, on the exit of four, it kind of gives you a false sense of security if you're going to run that second lane um, and you let the car drift out too much because the shadows right there blend in with that allied banner. Right. So, Oh, not another allied banner. Please tell me it's not across the track. No, it's well, not across the track. It's on over. Thank no. God. Um, you really that, do not like that bridge at Dover. No, I'll tell you. You know why? It's because the camera pack I used, that thing ruined like six of the battles we had going on, going off into three. It was the worst. It ruined six of my shots. It you did. Can't listen, have this. Listen, as a producer, I am very, I am very annoyed <laughs> at that allied man. All right, man. <laughs> All right, I got nothing for you on that one, buddy. I got nothing for you. So, hey, Ira, what's your what's that in season goal? I mean, obviously championship, but if you realistically sit back and look how the seasons went, what what would you find acceptable by the end of this season? I would uh, I would say a win at Daytona or Talladega. Uh, I would I would think me and Brandon once once we get hooked up. If they change the draft package, that tra- draft package was horrible. The last super speedway that I ran. Um, if they can change it where you can actually get to the, the ass end of one of the cars and push them around people, and that second lane comes back into it, me and Brandon are pretty good at, at running together and working well together at super speedways. Um, so I would look for a win at Talladega or Daytona, um, pointing my way into the playoffs if that win doesn't come. And I'd I would think in this season, the way that it's been going, if I made it past the first round, I mean, just, just drop the hammer from then on because, you know, if you look at it the way that I've been getting into different scenarios and wrecks and different things like that, we would be the ones that wouldn't be, wouldn't supposed to be there. So I'm, I'm playing on house money from that point on and just hammer down and go for it. Yeah. Harvey just threw out there. He said, uh, he said, "Be prepared for some of the, uh, some of the guys being more aggressive with the front runners. Is that going to be the case? Uh, like here forward? I, th- you know, if I think in the last few races, if one of the guys that's constantly up front, um, 
Kazi. Kazi, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't hold him up on purpose if he's faster than me. He's always ran me clean as could be. I've never had any issues out of him. Um, some of the um, some of the other people might have. I don't know. Um, but I just I think that uh, if they get a bad qualifying start, I think it's going to be you know they got to work around and use their tires up and stuff like that instead of people pulling over and letting them go. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Randy, how are you? Hey, guys, what's up? Eat some ice cream. <laughs> is that instead of is Friday ice cream night instead of pudding night with Ross? <laughs> Jeremiah's. He's working his way to ice cream, or excuse me, pudding. He's at ice cream now. Now, eventually, as he gets older, it's going to come down to the pudding. But uh, anyway. it's, like, it's like Days of Thunder. Um, hey, so uh, Ira, we have a question here from uh, Justin Anderson. Uh, he, uh, he asked, uh, you've got top five finishes at Bristol and Richmond. Um, are short tracks your favorite, or was that just circumstances? Bristol is my absolute favorite track on here. Um, I, I, any track that has a high side and the car is loose, I do really well at. Richmond, I don't know what I stumbled on there. Uh, you can ask Brandon. I hate that track. I don't know <laughs> if it's the curve and the front stretch or what it is. Um, I always run horrible there, and I'm a dirt guy. And my least favorite dirt track on here is Volusia, and it's shaped pretty much exactly like Richmond, so it just must be something with my driving style and that um, that shape of track. But uh, Brist no, Bristol is um, by far my favorite track. Um, Darlington is a close second. So Bristol, I would say, was not a fluke. Richmond, I would definitely say, was a fluke because I was – I was holding on for dear life with that one. It was uh, it was fun, but it was like uh, you know I felt like I wasn't supposed to be up there. You know, hey, I, Ira, Ira, you said that you uh, you like Volusia a lot. That that track is about. Uh, no, I, I I despise Volusia a lot. I hate that. Oh, track. Okay, fifteen miles from my house, <laughs> so uh, I mean, I've worked out there that track. So I just uh, so I said that. You know, and, and it's funny that, that Justin Anderson asked that question. I was literally about to ask you what your favorite style track. Um, Hey, uh, another guy out there, Dave Wright, man, uh, from the AOL TNT series. He wants to know if you got any tips for the the newer guys, man. I would say just there's there's an old old saying: easy in and hard off. Um, every single corner on every single track, you know, with the downforce that these Cup cars have, it gives you a false sense of security that you can haul ass into any corner and the thing's going to stick. Well, I mean, it might do that for two laps in qualifying, and it might do that for the first three laps in a race, but you got all that air from the other cars in a race. So just easy in and hard off and float the thing in there and give it hell coming out of the corner until you get comfortable with how far you can drive it into the corner. I would, I'd back the, back the entry up quite a bit and feel that thing coming off. I tell you what, you got a big fan out there in, uh, in Harvey. He says you're one of the – most clean and respectful guys on the tracks, man. He always has fun racing you. Yeah, me and Harvey, we've uh, we've we've had some good side by side battles back here. You know, towards the top ten, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, stuff like that. And uh, I'm always one of those guys. I grew up going to the dirt tracks here in Western Kentucky and Western Tennessee. Grew up going to Paducah, Calvert City, Kentucky Lake Moore Speedway, uh, Clarksville, um, Carothersville, Missouri. Um, Mount Vernon, Illinois, uh, Camden down here in Tennessee, and was in the pits for 
a majority of those uh, people. I, I call them like family. Uh, Randy and Jennifer Sellers. Randy ran a super late model. He won the 93 UMP National Championship. Um, but the thing that I learned from all those guys in the pits, and, you know, we'd, we'd be in the pits parked next to Ed Dixon and Kevin Weaver and Billy Moyer, Bloomquist, all them guys, whenever there was a big show. The biggest thing that I got out of listening to all the conversations that they would have would be race people, first off, how you want to be raced. And yeah. then second, race people, how they race you. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's – it's one of them things, uh, I know I've said it before, I grew up doing motocross, and, and it's one of them things that you you always, like you said, you, you be respectful to the other guy, but if they race you hard, you're going to race them hard. Like, if somebody goes to pitch you, you know, burn me in a corner, you're going to give them payback in that next corner. But at the exact same time, your best bet's to be respectful, like you said, because it won't take you out of the race. Right, and I mean, that's... You know, the first couple of weeks I was in here running, you're just feeling everybody out. You don't know where their breaking point is, where they're turning, um, what team has, you know, two guys that are just, just bad, fast, or whatever, and then, you know, the, the next person could be a blocker for them. Or you just you don't know what the situation is with each team, with each driver. So it's always like a – it's not even really a strike three rule. It's kind of like the first time I'm racing you, I feel you out, figure it out for my benefit. And then the next time I know how I'm going to race. Yeah. So I, I have a question. The, uh, talking about respectful driving and everything. I don't know if you guys have already touched on, on this because I came late. We did. Party. We did. Oh, we did. We did. So let me just take his, his take on that because he's talking about respect. And we, you guys already talked about the Cathrite thing. What I mean, what was your your reaction like? Was that crossing the line to you? Well, I, I only went back and I watched the replay on one of them where they were coming over the race comms and everything and arguing back and forth. And usually, when that happens, I just mute them because <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm here to have fun and I don't want to hear you know people bitching back and forth at each other with something that's not going to have an outcome of the end of the race. Um, I only went back and watched one, and it was they, – they did get together, and, you know, he said he was below the yellow line, and clearly wasn't. Um, but it was it was a short track, and it was – you're going for the all-star race. You're expecting some beating and banging. Um, but it was, you know, I would say getting into two cars is iffy, but three cars, there's got to be a line drawn where, you know – you know, enough is enough. We actually had a guy last night we ejected from a race because he got into three cars. So, but that's yeah, also a rule in the TNT. Yeah, it is. But, it is well, a rule, in yeah. the AOLL period. Yeah. Absolutely. So I I do want to ask one question, and it's going back to last week, and I started touching on this before you joined. So, what were your thoughts on the track selected? for the all-star race because i have my own opinions i mean it's it's not one that's on the schedule i mean that i mean the actual nascar series they're switching it up i mean they're going to they're going to texas for it um it was 
it was a decent choice. I mean, I don't think anybody had ever ran a cup car there. Actually, I think that the uh, the official series had cup cars at Nashville when it first came out. Um, it was kind of like throwing a wild card in there, and if you're going to have an all star race, why not why not do something unexpected? I mean, we've got the dirt at Bristol now, and I Racing put a setup out for that. So why not take the cup cars to Cedar Lake for the next all star race? Is it as bumpy as it looked? Getting into the corners, and especially coming off a two down low, it was really bumpy. Um, Randy, you took me out at that track. You were too slow. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Randy Pepper say that to anybody before, and he'll never say that again. Actually, you know what? Nashville was one of my best tracks. So well, He was yeah. actually fast on that. I, I will really give fast. him that one. Yeah, yeah that was the one and only time. <laughs> That was the one and only time that Randy Pepper was fast. I could have beat hey, you last night. Randy's pretty – well, you could I, yeah, you could have, you could have almost beat any of the CCR guys last night, but we'll talk so, about that here in a oh minute. I said almost. I said almost. I said almost, Carl. Almost. I don't want to be anywhere near any of that. Let's, let's just kind of – like, the reason I asked that question is we've – everybody actually here except for Larry because Larry doesn't run races anymore – ran the gander trucks at nashville and it's not an easy track to pass so for me watching and watching what unfolded there's a small part of me that was just like that's kind of the only way to actually make a pass at that track is to try to give somebody a little bit of a bump move them up and it may have been taken a little too far but that's really one of the only ways to actually get a good run in there. Well, it, it all depends on where you give them a bump. If you give them a shot, you know, if if you're that much faster than somebody and you give them a shot um, going down the back stretch or down the front stretch and, you know, get them missing their breaking point into the corner and they wash up a little bit and you get around them, that's one thing. But, I mean, I, I personally refrain from uh, – diving dive bombing anybody into any corner and especially i don't want to get onto their their rear end and give them a tap going into the corner because you don't know if they'll be able to hold on to that car and if you've got nowhere to go you just took yourself out yeah absolutely man absolutely and uh you guys are you guys are going where again next week nashville they're going nashville Nashville. uh, they're doing hold on the information was just released give me 30 seconds here Right across town. We are going to Nashville V2. We're doing 180 laps at Nashville Super Speedway. It's going to be 239 miles, and uh, we actually have a name for the race this week. It's the Music City Showdown 239. Hey, so Super Speedway, right? So go ahead, Nick. Give me a little bit of stats about this track because I I don't remember. No idea. Anything? Like I said, Uh, I was going to say I don't remember any Super Speedway in Nashville. It's, Come on. It's the, it's the only information that I know about different Nashville, Nashville track was that tiny piece that I was given that somebody okay. maybe buried outside. Okay, that's the I one. know nothing it's, about it's, it. It's about 30 minutes outside of downtown Nashville, I can tell you that. It, it's it's actually under a mile and a half. It is. It's, it is. It's three miles. Yeah. It's out by the old Opryland. I don't really care where it's at, but it's Good a super question. speedway Wait, under a mile and a half. Why is it called it's, Nashville Super Speedway? That's I do not know that. I do. I can tell you one thing. Because there is a local that lives off of Turn Four that hates the track so much, her reaction ended up on Twitter. 
I thought that was about fairgrounds. Nope, that was about Nashville Super Speedway. She bought she bought a house when the track was already there. They built the house behind the track, and she's complaining about the sound of a racetrack. <laughs> you bought a house behind a racetrack, and you're whining and bitching about the sound of a racetrack. Did she? But did she buy it bef- like around the time that it closed before it, it, it reopened? Nashville Super Speedway never closed. Closed. It always right. ran oh. local races. Yeah, Nashville Fairgrounds closed. Nashville Fairgrounds closed and has started to make a comeback, but Nashville Super Speedway never closed. It was running local races. It just didn't run. So the fact that she's complaining about... Yeah, it it still ran V8 cars that are stupid freaking loud. They're actually louder than the cup cars. It's just the fact that there's more cup cars than there is late models. Yeah, there's like 11 late models going around track. But at least in a cup series car, you have, you know, suppressor on your exhaust, and it's not 900 decibels. And on a late model, it's just flat out V8 all the time. Huh. All right. So as we're yeah, go go ahead, man. Our time. Yeah, just go ahead and wrap that up, man. I, I'm I'm trying to figure out why it's called a super speedway at this point. If they just felt like it, one and a third mile. Though. So I you don't know, have so the definition of a super speedway, the definition that NASCAR uses if they create the racetrack to call it a super speedway is it has to be over a mile long doesn't have to be two and a half miles. A super speedway does not mean anything. You could call the Nürburgring, Nürburgring super speedway if you really wanted to. It just has to be over, over a mile long. After that, you can call it speedway, you can call it raceway, super speedway, super raceway. It it doesn't really matter. Yeah. All right, anyhow. It, they could call I, it the I, Nashville I, Ring. We, 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 we get where you're going with that, Nick. See, uh, yeah, Ira... Yes, sir. So how do you how do you think you're going to do this week? Perfect. Well, it'll uh, it'll depend on how hard everybody pushes. I'm I'm a long run guy. Uh, like I said before, I don't know how much practice I'll get in this weekend. Um, my daughter Clara turned four yesterday, and we're having her a little birthday party on Sunday with some of the family coming over and different things like that. Um, so it'll. Uh, I'm going to play a patience game there for the first stage. I might try, you know, pushing it a little bit harder in the second stage just to see what I've got and probably wind up somewhere in the middle for the long run for the third stage. But I am I typically don't burn up my stuff in the first five, seven laps or whatever. So if everybody, you know, wants to haul ass and go, I'll probably see them about 10, 15 laps. <laughs> so how many, uh, with you and Brandon being teammates, do you guys – practice together or do you kind of do things separately when we can um with his work schedule and his wife being a travel nurse and you know whenever she's home he's, he's gonna do the right thing and spend time with her and when that happens i'll usually try to hop on there and figure out you know a, a um, an offset that will work for both of us because we we both really do drive a lot alike um uh but if I'm stuck at work or I got stuff going on with the kids or anything like that, uh, he'll hop in and practice. We, we honestly, this year has been so crazy for both of us. We haven't had a chance to practice except for Sonoma. We both got into a practice there together and, um, learned some stuff about that track, but, uh, we try to, it's just, you know, life happens and sometimes we don't get to. 
Well, with that, let's get some predictions in. Carl, we'll start with you and work around the horn. Yeah, uh, let me pull up my uh, notes real quick for that. Um, so, yeah, I've... Um, damn it, where did it go? Sorry. Um, so, I'm, I'm going to go with Greg Holt. I, uh, uh, he, he's been solid just about everywhere that's been run. Uh, I think he's going to be solid here as well. So, Greg Holt's my pick. Josh? So... I can't go against the green. I gotta go Causey. Fair enough. Fair enough. It just again, it's one of those tracks that we we've already said it. He's gonna put in far too many laps and have it down. I'll take Thomas Carino if he paints his car uh, scarlet and gray. That's it. You really think that's gonna happen? Nah, but if he paints it at least red, I bet he wins. Nick? He painted his car red and he won, Larry. You should try racing your red car. Uh, I've been racking my head on this for the last couple of days thinking about it. Uh, most likely, we're going to see somebody who hasn't really... I think we're going to see somebody who hasn't won yet this season. I think uh, Weatherby has been consistent. He's been fast. He's been one of those guys on the outside looking in that really needs a win here just to get his, you know, his confidence back and his momentum up before the playoffs. So I think you're going to see Nicholas Weatherby this week take on the W. I'm going to go with uh, someone we wouldn't predict. I'm going to, I'm going to say Michael Payne. No, just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. Didn't I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> just, this just freaking me. You're terrible. <laughs> Damn. Sorry. I thought you didn't drink, Randy. Yeah, what do you? Yeah, he likes to feel the pain, so I'm feeling. He definitely feels the pain now. Yeah. You made him. You know, his his new sponsor is going to be like Smirnoff. You're going to make him start drinking. <laughs> Hope so. Now I'm actually. Uh, my pick is actually going to be Adam Wood. I'm he's not racing. He's, he's, he's not going to race. He's, he's not racing. He's, he's on vacation. Wait, wait, that's, that's Adam's best chance to win all season at something that's not a super <laughs> speedway. He's not racing. No, actually, Brandon Massey's my favorite. Her <laughs> <laughs> teammate there. I was, like, Adam I'm, Wood. Wait, hold on. What? Oh, man. Still think Adam's going to win. Now change it by <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who, who you got, buddy. <laughs> you just picked Adam. Good. Thank you, man. We picked me. I'm not even racing. <laughs> All right, so Ira, you have to pick somebody other than yourself. Nah, you call your shot. You. Call your shot. We'll, we'll go with somebody like like you guys said, somebody that uh, somebody that'll pull a wild card out, and maybe play some pit strategy or something like that. Um, we'll uh, what about that eighty-seven car? How about Derek? Derek like Schilling. It. Yeah, good good pick. I like it, man. Well, with that being said, hey, man, it was wonderful having you here tonight, and uh, good luck to you this week, man. Thank you, sir. It was it was good being here, and I do have one suggestion for the second Richmond race. Yeah, I know you guys are you guys are big into music, and if you've been NASCAR fans for a while, you know that they had the Rock and Roll 400 at Richmond for a while. So. Why not throw something out there? I know we've got several painters in this group. Get a get a hold of somebody and Ooh. make that one a rock and roll race. Put your favorite brand on the Looney Tunes. 
We don't listen to you, Nick. I like that, Ira. I like that. That'd be actually pretty good. That's what they used to do for the Rock and Roll 400 is all the Chevy guys would get the Looney Tunes on there. Mm Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have my collection of Looney Tunes cars behind me. I got the Jordan one, the Johnson one. It's unbelievable. We don't need to see it. <laughs> Iron Man A again. Good luck to you next week, man. Uh, we look forward to seeing you, buddy. Thank you, sir. Well, I, I like the rock and roll thing. I mean, uh, he uh, talking about that. Um, did anybody ever, anybody ever go to that race? No. No, I was too young. Oh, it's true. You were too young. All right. The only thing I can remember about the uh, rock and roll. Strike that. Reverse that. Hey, we're behind time. We got to go. Yeah, it's 845. We're 15 minutes behind. We're also missing our next guest. He's he's not here yet. I'm hoping he shows. If he doesn't, I'm sorry. So you can yell at us while we wait for him. Anthony Shrillo uh, was supposed to be here. Uh, Anthony, if you're out there listening, we're waiting for you to pop in so we can bring you in. I was going to say, do we want to go out of order? No, nah, we'll go ahead and talk about it now. Okay. If, he, if he pops in later, we'll pull him in later. It's not a big deal. All right. I need to go get another beer. Um, So, real already. quick, because we're, we're going to kind of, we'll, since we're going to do that, we're going to kind of bleed all of AOL together because we're going to have Johnny Downey on here in about 15 minutes. Um, We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll start talking uh, AOLL with the TNT series, and then we'll bring Johnny in in about 15 minutes. So, we'll be back after this. Hi, I'm Randy from the Guitar Attic. Can we be serious for a second? Are you tired of being a loser? Can't do anything right? Feel like everyone's coming down on you all the time? Well, there's a way out. And I'm gonna show you. Hey mom, look what I learned. That's right, pick up a guitar, learn how to play guitar. Automatically you're gonna become a chick magnet. The ladies are gonna love you. Your kids are gonna think you're cool. So what you need to do is come down here to the Guitar Attic, 1672 and a half Ridgewood Avenue in Daytona Beach, Florida, or go on guitarattic.com and buy yourself a guitar and automatically be the star of your neighborhood. That's guitarattic.com. back to the podcast all right we're back uh anthony shrillo is messaging me right now i believe he is working on trying to get in uh so let's go ahead and start talk tnt while we you know get him brought in so fantastic race um you know what randy i'm gonna let you take that go ahead really yeah go ahead okay so last night carl henderson was the winner which is, uh, he's right up there in shape. Yes, so, yeah, close circuit. Racer up there, our broadcast colleague, was the winner, and uh, the rest of his team. Uh... So, Nick, just have to ask his, or uh, Nick Adams, my, my good friend, my broadcast partner for the IVRL, last night, we have to ask you something. Me and Larry were just, what the heck do, you, uh, do you often like to do those in and out of the pits all the time, or what, what was going on? There? Like four different stalls. I just here whoop, so I don't get whoop, fined. Whoop, 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 and then he come back out on the track. I was like, nope. um, I'm just here so I don't get fined. 
So, so for real, I, I, I honestly, I can tell you what I can tell you what the fuck happened there. If you really want me to tell you, and I'm not gonna be well, nice. I want to know exactly because we're like looking at him going. Whoa, I had some dipshit in front me. of me who I, I'll tell you the. I'll, I had some dipshit in front of me who blocked me from entering my pit stall. So instead of going through him, I went past my pit stall and had to pit again. But you did that like three or four times. Down no, pit I did road. Where were you? I did it once. I did it once. I no, you tried to bend a pits like three or four times. Oh, yeah, because I, I, I had a weird. I, so I did a new paint yesterday, and I had a brand new colored paint stall as well. I like that car. And I had three other paint stalls that were the exact same color. And after I missed mine, I was like, "Oh, that one's mine." Oh wait, no, that one's not mine. Oh, that one's not mine either. I guess I'm just gonna go back out on the track. But yeah, it was because some dipshit was in front of me. Always put bright colors on your pit seat. Pit side. Yeah. Always. Well, no, I, I got a great idea. I'm just not going to enter the pits behind idiots anymore. Oh, oh that, that's the same philosophy Josh and I have after uh, Daytona. Mm, there, see, there it was. That's what I was waiting. Because he, he busted that out, and I was like, wait a second. That doesn't work out oh, no, because you went, screwed well, them going into the no, pits at no, Daytona. It, it, it wasn't my teammates that messed me up last night. Who, so I, I have to say, who was it? Nope. I have, to, I have to say, listen, like, for real, I, I, I think Nick was the best car last night. Like, in, at a super speedway, ultimately the best car hardly ever wins, but I legitimately think Nick was the best. That doesn't work out. Um, he, uh, he deserved to win that one. We didn't, you know, Nick, we, we were really hoping he would win, but we, uh, we were also thinking that, God, if he wins, he will go, you know, I finished first at Talladega once. No, so out of turn four, I, I would hang that one over our heads too. I honest to God <laughs> thought I had that thing out of turn four, and then Josh screwed me by spinning Chris into me. So, you know, that was equal. That was an equal incident. He listen, came down, and I came up a little. Okay, well, no matter what, closed circuit has now cost me a win. So now I'm just like every other closed circuit teammate. Either they cost ourselves a win, or we cost them a win. I said after the race, I hope that, you know, maybe Carl fires the rest of you guys and, you know, him and, you know, the rest of the guys can go on. But you two guys, you know, after how you were driving, I mean, Josh, you took Nick out. Hey, so I mean, Carl could fire me, but <laughs> I'm also the one that's in the lead for the full year. Hey, real quick, real quick, real quick. Two seconds. Um First off, we're going to bring Anthony in right now. He just jumped in, so let's bring in our guest. Hey, Anthony, yeah, can you hear us? Anthony. Where are you, Anthony? Anthony, 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 Anthony. He, he's trying oh, to join on a phone, so... Because I will definitely say seeing him finally pop back into a race actually made me really happy. Because I've right. been missing him for a few weeks. You, you know, and, and that really was one thing that we talked about... No, um, Hard breaking zone into turn one this week with where some guys started behind Josh and Carl. No, they were in front of me. Was no, I thought I thought one. Oh no, he was. He was right in front of you. You're right. That's dirty man. Hey, um, and another thing, we've had two uh, requests uh, uh, to talk on this, so I want to get to this. Um, Justin Anderson said I saw in the broadcast comments discussion about how the. Car felt in the draft and around other cars. Can we talk about that for a bit? Uh, so, caveat uh, and off of that, David Wright said he would also like to hear others' viewpoints on. So, I'll, I'll come in with kind of the comments that I was making in the AOL group earlier. 
So, first off, these cars are very, very badly affected by aero. There's no denying, and I actually believe some of the incidents that we had were caused because these cars tend to suck up to one another if you get too close on the side. And I think that that actually caused one or two incidents that may or may not have caused people to go into walls. Because, in all honesty, we've seen a lot of people, and you watch the replay, you watch the broadcast, it's almost reactionary because it looks like a car is turning up into you. Okay. The biggest one that I can actually like point out to that was towards the end when Tim St. Jean got into Cody Leland and put him into the wall. Luckily, Cody didn't lose any positions, but he moved from directly next to Tim, and it looked like Tim did come up just a little bit. You screwed him going in the bit. Ultimately, I I've raced around Tim so much, and I know him. He's one of the few people that I would trust to be about a foot away from my car. And, by the way, my teammates, there's, like, one that I actually trust for that. Nick. But, no. <laughs> you see, that was, that's funny. Nick, with, uh, was, a Nick was the only one that could bump oh, wait, the other one has that, too. <laughs> but, the other thing is, really, when it comes down to super speedways, and I think it really comes down to... Uh, the lack of experience with a lot of the TNT guys is the weaving that we would have. And I brought it up and it's something that even I still need to work on is when you're at a super speedway, you're following someone closely. You're not following the bumper. You're still trying to find that point in the distance that's guiding you somewhere to where if the person in front of you moves out a little bit, you're not reactionary trying to make the same motion and you would see a little bit of whipping on people to where it would just go back the entire field, and you would just see people kind of sliding out a little bit farther than you would think they would, but you need to just kind of keep looking forward, and the best advice that I ever got was literally look as far forward as you can. Even if you're looking at the bumper of someone and you can... 90% of your vision is taken up by that bumper. You still try to find a tree, a sign on the side of the road that will keep you centered, and you just use your periphery to watch for that bumper. You know, I, I want to add on to that. I, I want to add on to that. I, I, you know, I saw you know, John just posted 16-foot lanes, 8-foot wide cars, taking 24-foot the whole line, and that... It's sometimes the nature of things, right? I mean, it's it's not, you know, sure, that, that I agree 100% Josh. Like, that's that's the way you should be treating things. You should be, you know, looking ahead. But at the same time, like, there was a point early in the race where I was behind someone else who every time I tried to uh, uh, get to the outside of them, taking it three wide early, but needed the positions at that point, um, they, they kind of shifted up like a half lane and, and gave me no room up there at all. Every time I try to do it, and I don't think it's because they were trying to block me. I think they just couldn't. And I, I think everybody out there, especially some of the guys who are typically the front runners, have to keep that in mind. You can't just say, okay, I'm faster than this person in front of me. I have the right to get around them. You have to keep in mind, like, okay, I'm faster than this guy in front of me. Can I get around them without wrecking them? 
So because because they, they might not be able to hold their line. They they might just not be able to do it. And even if even if they are technically one hundred percent in the wrong, you're also a little bit in the wrong. You tried to go and around. I'm gonna throw out specifically what Tim just threw out in the comments, and I'm gonna read it. I found that dr when drafting the ARCA cars at super speedways is that I, the front of the car loses a lot of downforce and it feels like it floats when entering the corners. 100% yep. I agree with that. Okay. And these cars are very aero-dependent on the exact, like, perfect draft. And if you go outside of that, you're going to get weird. But so here's the thing, and here's what's killing me, right? So I, I heard a lot of, well, we can go three wide there. You know, if everybody can hold their line, we can run three wide. But everything you guys are telling me is is that in the draft, these cars are unstable. So it's probably not a good idea to go three wide. But yet we you kept going three wide. Like we we know we know we know. Let me finish. We know. That you generally don't go three wide till near the end of the race. That's just generally a rule of thumb. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. I mean, heck, you could take it four wide. Doesn't mean you should. If you wreck, who do you have to blame? Well, but also, when you talk, like I said, you talk about how they're unstable in the draft going three wide. I just, I, I don't understand why three wide at two laps in and, and i'm not and i'm not calling it tnt guys fault i'm calling about the, anyway if it was the cup guys you don't go three wide we literally it's watch nascar me. and they drive around side by side non-stop right just until they go too wide around talladega because that's that's factually incorrect look 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 they I, don't go three I, wide I, like y'all did yeah, they, that, I, so I was i was i was in the arctic cars is not impossible nor is it something that we shouldn't no, try to do. But again, very, they, I, I can tell you from my personal experience, I think they're stable in the draft. I have no issues in the draft with these cars. But more times than not, people have said that they're not. Yeah, Look, I mean, that was I, the first thing I pointed out. Oh, I, I, was, and, I, was, I was one of the first people to go three wide, so I'll, I'll own up to it. Here's what happened with me, and this is uh, – I, pre, I, I previewed you guys. I was talking about aggressiveness, and this is what I'm going to talk about. Um, I – I've been running conservative all season, and I've had consistent, like, fifth place, sixth place. And look at where I'm sitting in the points. I've got a massive distance between me Anthony and Kurt. Yeah. Awesome. we got Anthony hey. here. Perfect. Um, but just some time to hear a couple rant. Yeah, just, just, just real fast to finish this. I, I look at someone like Timothy St. Jean, who has the best average finish in the league right now. And he's sitting third in points. Mm-hmm. If you want to do well in the points, you have to win races. And I, I, I pushed it last night. I, I, I didn't feel good about it at times, but I, 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 I got tired of running consistently in the top five and sitting fifth in points. Well, all right. So last point before we get to Anthony, because uh, my brain went off when Nick wants to try to argue points. Um, also, just remember, too, that I, I don't – I don't care what series it is. I don't care who the driver is. If you're passing a car, it's on you to make that pass safely. No matter what, there's no argument to that. If you're making the pass, it's on you to make that pass safely. With that being said, Anthony, buddy, We've got we are finally able to hear you. We are ecstatic to have you, man. It was wonderful to have you back this week. Uh, 
Let's we we got to do the proper introduction like always. So let's get the four one one man. Let's get your number. What series you run? All those good things. Uh, number five twenty nine. Uh, Anthony Shirillo, uh, running TNT series, and also a couple other leagues uh, with the Legend Cars. Um, uh, I'm out of Daytona Beach, Florida. No, you're from Port Orange. <laughs> no, Nobody no. knows what Port Orange is. No, every, right, exactly. But <laughs> please don't say Daytona Beach because everybody thinks, oh, he does crack? Is he on drugs? <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to be technical, I grew up in Miami. So, I mean, you know, saying oh, you're I don't Cubans? Too bad. <laughs> Are you Cuban? No, man, I'm Italian. Come on, look at my last name, Randy. <laughs> well, and, and we see in the comments all the time, Italian Stallion, man. So, but, yeah. um, dude, I, like I said, it when we seen you back, um, I, I made mention, I don't know if you caught the broadcast, but I had made mention, like, I already knew I want to invite. We, we always try to get new fresh faces onto the podcast. I As soon as you got back, I knew we wanted to pull you. Uh, the same way did we did with Phil, and then you come out and you get a third place finish, man. How did that one feel for you? I felt great, man. You know, that was only my fourth restricted play race, uh, super speedway race, I should say. But uh, yeah, man, I got lucky at the end. Uh, I just I was running thirteenth, and everybody crashed. <laughs> And I yeah, just Josh, right out there. Yeah, yeah, I may I may be partially <laughs> responsible for that, but only fifty percent responsible. Chris was responsible for the other fifty. <laughs> yeah, it felt good, you know. Uh it feels good to be back. I had some uh, laptop issues. I had to send it back to manufacturer and get it fixed and everything, so Are you I was, are you racing on a laptop? Yeah. I didn't know that. So does Hanner, so we can't say anything. Yeah, I used to. There's a whole nother thing. So I did when I first joined. I was on an Alienware. I used to. Uh, Alienware. I'm on uh, Asus. Okay. Uh, ROG. I, I trust them more than Alienware. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a great laptop. The only thing is the battery is bad. What happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, we we're hitting the nine o'clock time, so we're going to continue the entire AOL discussion we're going to continue with TNT but real quick we're going to pull in our next guest as well so we're going to have two at the same time he's, he's going to have some extra stuff to say here so it, it kind of works out right I, I know he's I know he's going to have a want to uh, want to be able to talk with Anthony as well because uh, he's been one of his biggest fans out there so Johnny Downey man welcome hey what's up guys uh, you had your camera on I don't see you no more there you are there he is there he is, man. Well, hey, welcome. Let's get the four one one on you, man. What's the the number? The name? What you run? Come on. No, you have to. Say, that's the job. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Uh, Johnny Downey, uh, number twenty seven. A O L L administrator. Um, been with the league. Probably. I want. I want to say like. I joined it probably like in 90, it had to be like around 94-ish, most likely. Um, I was in college, so I was in college actually borrowing my, my roommate's computer to race on, and uh, I came across somebody, I can't remember who, and they said, why don't you join this league? So um, I did, and 
you know what? I have lifelong friends now, and uh, here we are. All right. Yep. Here we are. <laughs> Many years. And, and I want to point. I want to point out the AOL punching bag, right? Like, I, I think this dude's DMs probably get blown up more than anybody with complaints. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> A lot of times, but you know, but, but you know, I was really hoping Adam was going to be on tonight, but I know he's off with his family because I, I know he wants to take credit for helping get back into uh, what we're doing now uh, because I happen to be down at his house when I decided I was going to get back into iRacing. So the little, little backstory is uh, we were taking a trip down to the Carolinas and I decided to take the kids to Charlotte Motor Speedway and go, and when you do the tour uh, around there, they take you around the track and stuff. And um, so we're going around the track and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, I haven't been on iRacing in like five years. I wonder how much different it is now than, than it was then. So I already had made the decision in my mind to go back home and get back on the service. Um, but when I got to Adam's house, because I, we stopped there uh, for a day, because uh, my aunt and uncle uh, live with Adam. Adam's married to my, my cousin. Um, Adam was in his living room, in his little chair, playing uh, NASCAR Heat online. So I'm like, all right, let me let me try NASCAR Heat, see how that is. It was all right. It was it wasn't eye racing, but you know, I said, hey man, when I get back home, I'm thinking about doing eye racing. If you want to hop on, you know, hop on. So he eventually did, and right around that time, and you know, Randy probably remembers this. There was chatter going on because COVID started to hit. Literally, like within a week or two after I got back home covid hit and there's some chatter going on like hey man let's let's kind of start this thing up again let's you know anybody want to race because um i don't know if you guys remember but i know randy, randy remembers we went through this transition phase where you know nascar racing came out with their their programs one two three and maybe was there a four? 2003 was the last one all right so 2003 we we ran that for a couple years and then they decided not to support it anymore, and they start to shift to iRacing. racing. Well, no, a lot of guys, Ar we, they went. We went, to, we went to the Arca Sim. We tried Arca okay. Sim racing for a while. Right. Okay. And then we switched over. You got a better memory than me. I don't have a very good. I memory still have the game. <laughs> yeah, I'll do too. They're sitting right here, and I'm down in my basement, but they're down here too. So. Um, a lot of guys were like, screw that. I'm not paying for a, a service. Um, you know, I'm going to stick with the, the free stuff. Well, a lot of us tried it. And I don't know if you did, Randy, or not, but back in those days, Dale Jr. was on it on a regular basis. And I had met du Dale Jr. back in, like, 1999 uh, when he with came him. to Chicago. With, yeah. With I raced with him in the uh, – on – 10 when he was uh ran a race uh rich davis was actually my car owner i ran a race with him it was my car him tommy errington and myself were race for rick rich davis's uh race team and we raced against dale jr in that league well, that's you cool. rich davis you remember uh, davis don't you uh you know we had so many people back then i, I 
don't really. I know. I remember Tommy. Um, Tommy was a nephew of Buddy Buddy Arrington. Buddy Arrington, yeah. Buddy Arrington, a NASCAR driver back in the '60s. So. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. <laughs> when you, Come on, you not that old. You've been around <laughs> for you, yeah, like you've been saying, you've been around for a while, man. So you've seen this league grow, right? Uh, the expansion. Now I know you guys talk about the the TNT series back in the day, uh, be, being just as it is now a feeder to Cup. <clears throat> what was the sportsman always involved back then, or was that was that a newer thing? Sportsman was well, yeah. Sportsman was kind of like a, a get together, just. Uh, fun race night I, I believe you know Joe Joe Dinsmore is really our historian when we started talking about bringing the sportsman back he like pulled up all these files and our logo is what the, the logo was back then because he still had it on his computer which is nuts because I've had computers crash and I've lost all that stuff so um, you know for him to have all that stuff is just awesome but anyways yeah we're, we're getting a little sidetracked here so um I got back from. Oh, I was yeah, gonna say, come and finish. Yeah, I got back from North Carolina. The ch- chatter in in the in the Facebook group because we we all stayed friends and, uh, you know, we had a Facebook group where we just kind of um, talked to each other. And there was a couple times I was in Florida and I, I reached out to Randy. Hey, I'm gonna be down there, but we just never could get together. Um, I decided to kind of take the, the bull by the horns. I'm like, hey, I'm getting back on the service. Anybody want to have a fun race? Let's have a fun race. Well, with COVID hit, hitting, everybody's like, yeah, let's do it, man. I'm sitting at home doing nothing. Let's let's get back and be down there. But we just and there was a surge together. of guys going out and getting equipment. I had a Logitech Momo wheel sitting in my basement that I pulled out. The force feedback worked a little bit, but um, hey, hey. I got back on the service. I think I, I won a race within official race within a couple of races it was kind of actually kind of cool to be away from it for five years and get on and and win like a carb cup or something like that you know something crazy but then you know i, I invested into a newer wheel um because i've had that had that wheel for like 15 years and you know more and more guys start coming back like yeah let's let's do this let's get back together the let's run a couple races turn into Hey, let's bring back the cup cup races on Sunday nights, and that turned into let's bring TNT back because there was guys coming back coming into i racing that have ne- never been on i racing, or they had been on i racing and, and it had been years. So we start TNT again, just to give guys acclimated, and you know what turned into like a short season, like turned into. Blake coming in, John John contacted me and said, hey, my son races iRacing, can I bring him in? Um, which I'm still wondering if that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I love Blake. He's got a lot of great ideas for the league, um, which one of which I want to talk about tonight. And then, um, um, you know, we started just recruiting a little bit again, and you know, the word got back, got out, and here we are. Uh, you're almost a, oh, just over a year, and we're going really strong now, as you guys can see. I mean, Ghostfire Media came out of us getting back together, so, you know, I'm really proud of everything that's, that's happened. 
And I, you know, I just took, like I said, I just kind of took the bull by by its horns and recruited some of the other old, other old guys to uh, help out, and you know, here we are. Yeah, man, and kind of like you said that we. You, it's grown as much as it is and then we see guys like and i know you've been a huge supporter and uh a cheering section to to our other guest man anthony which uh real quick to bring that back the the growth that you've had i think it's just been monumental anthony what what would you attribute that to um, i had several conversations with johnny that's for sure and uh, uh you guys hear me yeah, yeah, we got, yeah, we got yeah, you, okay. buddy. Uh, I had several conversations with Johnny, and then I just did a lot of practicing, man. And, you know, I was taking the way I was driving over in the official races and bringing it over to the league. And that's just not how you're supposed to do things. Um, I found that out pretty quick. Um, <clears throat> but uh, my teammate, too, uh, Phil Manzo, uh, he's helped me out a lot. And, uh, you know, we've been trying to get together here and there. Um, other than that, just a lot of, a lot of practicing and patience. Did you get to meet Phil when he came down? No, I didn't. That's wild. So I got to meet him, but you did not. No, I didn't get to see him. He didn't even, he didn't even tell me he was here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're was... your teammates, but you haven't met each other. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> When was Phil? When was Phil in Florida? Uh like two weeks after Anthony came in the store. I don't know how long ago that was. You talking about Gene or was it? Uh, no, it was, I'm sorry, Gene Watkinson. That's right. It was Gene. <laughs> That's right. It wasn't Phil. It was the other Las Vegas guy. So let me let me ask this, uh, Anthony. You said you were running other leagues and with the legends specifically. Did. I'll be honest, it showed. Especially as we were re reaching the end of the Legend seasons, the finale of that season. Holy crap, man. You were a force. Even in the few races before that, like, was it just repetition in the car, or was it just uh, something yeah, else? I Repetition in the car, and uh, for four years, I actually ran them cars. I so learn something new every day. Yeah, so, you know, I took some of the stuff that I knew from in real life and brought it on over, and uh, a lot of it worked. And, you know, like I said, being patient with everything, too, and uh, I was ecstatic when you guys decided to go with that series. I think the first race we ran, uh, Chris Oliver won, Josh finished second, and I was running third for the last lap, and I spun out trying to catch Josh. So, so look at this, just because it's another thing that we you just dropped a nugget that I want to hear more about. So what is your racing background? Uh, let's see, it started back in 94 or 92 with uh, go-karts. Uh, first off, I ran yard carts, and then back when Margay was a big deal, I had Margay cart, and uh, started out in the Briggs and went to the uh, to the 100cc Yamahas, and then uh, in '94 went to uh, the Legend cars, 
um, in 94, 95, 96, won the championship. Um, then uh, we ventured out to uh, the uh, Florida Dash series. I don't know if you guys remember that series. I'm an Ohioan, so. Me too. <laughs> we don't we don't venture far out of Ohio. I mean, <laughs> our our culture is kind of Ohio. So I don't know about that either. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, went from there, and then went. That was just too much money. So went back to the Legend Cars for a year, won that championship, and then went to the modified and let, uh, ran modifieds. Yeah. For three years, I think it was. Yeah. We need to That's, find an AOL leak for the modifieds because those cars are amazing. Oh, uh, they're fun. great, man. That would be a blast. Manzo would kill us on that one. Probably. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's back when uh, Randy was uh, announcing out there at New Smyrna. Yeah, absolutely. I was back there. Yeah. Yes. So, real quick, um, one thing we, we kind of waited on last night. We didn't get last night. We did get them uh, this evening. If you've been here listening and haven't seen it, uh, the points have been updated. So, Sean Carmody is still your points leader. Um, I don't want to hear about it. Sitting at 368. <laughs> Lastin is sitting in second with 347. Tim St. Jean holds tight at 341. But our man Carl Henderson, he's jumped up to fourth now. Sitting at 312, just a point over Cody Leland with 311. Uh, Blake Pasta, I'm never going to call him ZD, I'm going to call him Pasta. With uh, 269, John Gordon, 234. Tom Stevens, 233. Nick Adams with 230. So, I mean, hey, right there, that's a, that's a tough fight for seventh alone. Uh 226 for Chris Oliver, also in striking distance. Gene Watkinson, 190. Manzo with 184 and 12. Mike Wisniewski, 179. Uh, DeParis, 176. Now, mind you, Manzo moved up five spots. He's the biggest mover this week in points. And, Anthony, you've jumped up two spots to 18th, and you haven't really had an opportunity to race, man. So do you feel like you'd be doing better in this series if you had the opportunity to race the entire season, too? Yeah, yeah, I think I, I would. Two. Um, I think I've actually only ran four four races. Correct. The rest have been provisionals. Yes, so, sir. You know, and in the four races that I have ran, I think I've done pretty pretty decent. So yeah, I, I think I'd be you know probably top ten maybe if I was uh, still going all year. But don't worry, because season three, I'm going to be every race. Perfect, man. We definitely miss you when you're not out there. So, question for you is, uh, actually, two of them real quick. Atlanta next week, man. How do you feel? What do you think you're going to do, man? 75 laps at Atlanta. Don't know. Never been there. (laughs) (laughs) So, I got a lot of work cut out for Hey, perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, so I got some exciting news about TNT. Perfect, I love it. Let's hear it. Perfect. <clears throat> We've been kind of throwing around the ideas of like, what, what, what should we do with TNT? You know, you know, we only have ten guys or so on there, but um, you know, one of our ideas was to kind of mix things up a little bit, and we're still thinking about that in the future. But 
today uh, Blake and the admins, admins decided that we are going to have a 20 race third season uh, mix it up a lot uh, with the ARCA cars. We're still going to have with the ARCA cars, but we're going to, you know, mix up the tracks and we're going to extend it out and and have some fun there. You guys ready for as long as we get Concord? I'm happy. That track is an absolute blast. We, yeah, yeah, legend we, we are, we we're talking about Concord, and then and Josh, you got a set up that would would do well there. Uh, Carl, Carl sent uh, it. We ran it actually on Monday with Fuel, which is the new. GFM League on Monday nights. It was yeah. an absolute blast. It's it is going to be a little bit touch. The setup's a little bit touchy on the throttle, but at the same time, if you spend the time, you use that throttle to turn you through some of those tight turns, and I, it is <clears throat> fun. I know. I know when we ran it last year when we were running the Harker cars, it. It, it was a blast. I mean, for me, it, it was a lot of fun. It's just tight racing, and and it's one of those tracks that is no longer there, and and the history of it. You know, I'm, I'm a history buff, so I I love historical stuff. So like when they brought North Wilkesboro back, I was like on board with that. But to go back to Concord, you know, all the NASCAR guys talk about Concord and running there, so it's it's really cool that we couldn't incorporate that. So Anthony, it's. I've not run it in the Legends, but in all honesty, we were running, it was a great race even in the Arcas, because in all honesty, if you know your breaking point, you can get below someone going into one or three, just like you would probably in a Legends, and still be able to make the turn. You may need to use a little throttle to send the back end around to make sure you're not getting into somebody, but it it actually had a lot of great passing opportunities. I made a few kind of heroic ones and had more than I made uh, actually pass me. But it it's actually just because it's a different short track. Yeah, yeah, it is unique. So let's let's grab some picks for Atlanta, man. Atlanta, seventy-five laps. Let's start it from uh, Carl. Go to Johnny. Go to Josh, and work around the horn. So Carl, you're on the uh, hot seat, man. Let's hear it. Yeah. Um, so um, Atlanta is uh, as Josh mentioned, fuel series. Um, I want to pick Josh, but since he's my teammate, I try to avoid doing that. I'm not going to pick him. Um, well, I'm going to pick you now. <laughs> I, um, I'm going to go with uh, Cody Leland. Uh, he's been, and with a caveat, because he's been really good on short runs. If we can have a short run, Cody Leland's going to win it. If we have a longer run, I think he might struggle a little bit in the sequence. So uh, I'm going Cody Leland. Johnny? I gotta go with Tim St. Jean. Oh, I like that. Um, That's a good pick. Atlanta's a lot like Charlotte, and when we ran Cup last week at Charlotte, Tim was on fire. And so, I can't imagine what he's gonna do in the Arca car at a track that's similar to Charlotte. So, that's who I'm going with. Josh? I would just like to remind everyone that I beat Tim at Charlotte this at the beginning of the season. <laughs> 
Jim too, wasn't too. acclimated to the cars either by then. However, you, once he figures these cars out, you guys are gonna have problems with him. However, I'm <laughs> gonna argue with I'm not gonna argue with Johnny. Because apparently Carl doesn't want to pick teammates, so screw him. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So we Honestly, another. again, it really boils down to I look at the tracks that we've had that have been similar. So Charlotte. Tim was in second. We go to God, what was it? No, it wasn't Phoenix. Vegas. Mm-hmm. That was Cody. Yep. Who was again short, good on the short run, but a little bit slow on the long Tim, run. Tim took a provisional, so he wasn't there. Correct. So yeah. I'm just looking at the history of similar tracks and if I'm not allowed to pick myself, I'm gonna pick Tim. And, and, and you weren't going to anyway. You can pick yourself. Call your shot, man. No, because <laughs> last time I did that, I got I screwed myself. All right. Well, I, I'm going to go. I, I agree with Tim. I honestly. I'm going to pick Adam Wood. Oh, wait. Never mind. Just kidding. That was my line. <laughs> that was my line. I was going to say Adam Wood again. <laughs> Damn it. You stole it from me. I'm pretty Damn good about you. that. Hey, um, I hate you. Hey, you know, the funny thing is <laughs> I was going to pick our guest, but his comments about this track was kind of disconcerting. So <laughs> I'm going to go David. I'm going to go David Wright. I'll take David Wright. Nick. Uh, I mean, I'm going to take Josh. Although I didn't just Cody, so it's just kind of common sense. I mean, if you look at everything he's done this year at the same type of tracks, I mean, if you don't pick Josh, you're kind of just putting yourself out there. I, to I mean, hold on, no, hold on, hold on. My pit stops a lot. He, he didn't agree to that. Yeah, Nick Josh, didn't agree to that comment. Don't spin. <laughs> don't not, not spin. Don't speed on pit road. No CCR. Yes. Blunder. And don't spin Chris into me again, and we won't have any problems. If you go back to Vegas, I sped on pit road twice. Jesus. Randy. I'm going with Tim St. Jean. I I think he'll uh, win this thing in the Guitar Attic Chevrolet. It's going to be good to see the number six in victory lane again. And let's go with our special guest, Mr. Shrillo. I'm going to go with the pasta man. Mr. ZD. Oh, I like that. I like that. Pick, though, actually. That's not, it is a good pick. I mean, he, he did yeah. run this week. Had, uh, from what I heard, uh, issues. Yes. Computer issues. Internet yeah. issues. So, like, great pick, man. Hey, Anthony, we really appreciate you coming on, man. And we're, we're definitely going to get you back out here, man. And uh, we're glad you're back racing. Yeah, yeah me too. I appreciate man. you guys having me good on here. you back, man. And you can always reach out to me. I'm only down the road from you, so. Yeah. I'm going to get some of your old secrets. <laughs> you look like a skunk. I don't think he wants to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> there are old secrets. <laughs> you won't have mask on this time. It was worse when it was blue and black, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. Actually, when it was blue and purple, it was a lot worse. Fair enough. All right, man. Well, hey, have a good one, Anthony. All right, you guys have a good night, and we'll see you on Thursday. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Good luck. All right, thank you. All right. Well, always good to have him back. So let's take that switch of gears. Got to go get another Miller Lite to match Johnny. First off, all right, hold on real quick before we do that. So I went and bought beer this evening, right? My wife went and got me 
me, me, my wife went and got me and my kids dinner, so I had to take my kids with me. And I go to Walmart, and I'm going to buy beer. And I was like, you know what? I've been drinking a lot of Yingling lately. Let me switch it up. I couldn't get Modelo because Modelo, they didn't have a 24-pack of Modelo and 12-ounce bottles. So I was like, well, fuck, you know, screw it. I'll just get Bud Light. And I grab Bud Light, and I put it in my cart. And my 8-year-old daughter looks at me, and she starts laughing, and she goes... <laughs> They're gonna make fun of you tonight on your show because you're drinking Bud Light. So because of that, I've now had to switch it back to Yingling. <laughs> so my my eight year old guilted me back. So I'm sure she came in here and seen you guys drinking Miller Light. She'd make fun of you. But let's talk the truck race. Uh, fortunately, we haven't got to call the last two weeks. Uh, it's it's always been one of the better series that's been in the league, right? I mean, we see a lot of clean racing that comes out of TNT and good racing, but it seems like the truck race, man, is competitive. So, yeah, first of all, I want to say congratulations, Carl. I was at work last night, and, and I just, I, was, I think I was on a, on a call, and I'm watching while I'm writing a report, and I was like, holy shit, he made that work. Um I made a similar move in practice once going out there. Um, actually, Joe Dinsmore kind of pushed me to the lead. But for you to do it by yourself like that, that was a power move. And that, that was amazing. Well, so, thank you. I got, I got very lucky. Uh, you, you made your move at the right time, and, and you made it stick, man. Dude, that was awesome. I'm awesome. not going to lie. Dude, that, was, yeah. that was awesome. Um so going back to the, the trucks, as you know, we started out in ARCA, and we had issues with a lot of the issues you guys had last night with bumpers hooking and, and stuff. And we decided that we, need, we needed to go to something more stable, so the truck series. And it was a little bit of a, a, a learning curve there for a lot of guys um, coming up, especially from TNT into the trucks. Um, <clears throat> a couple guys come, in, come into mind that have... Uh, greatly improved their, their, their truck uh, handling. Um, but yeah, man, especially since they've come out with the, the new tire package and the tire's sticking better and we're not spinning out as, as much as we were, man, the, the truck races have just been awesome. And uh, this week was was no exception. It was it was a lot of fun. And especially for a track that none for of us really run. Well, you know, if if you stop hitting the wall, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only something they can do to help you, Randy. I, I, you know, I tried to, uh, I tried not to hit the wall, and that time I actually ran into uh, Kevin Hoss. He stopped me from hitting the wall. So, I mean, at this so, point, instead of tips giving you tips, your tip is going to be don't hit the wall. I mean, that's how can I get fat, bro? Just don't hit the wall. Like you're fine if you don't hit the wall every week. Let's just run Nashville every week. I'm about so, ready to drop out of that series and go back to TNT. <laughs> we would welcome you with open arms. However, my Friday mornings would be boring not getting to hear you call the TNT. That's true. Uh, how about I call it from inside the car? What, hold on. Hold on. You, you already have trouble not hitting the wall. <laughs> Actually, I drive out when you're talking. And burn. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna go race uh, with the R, uh, R Factor cars. How about that? Yeah, I almost did. I, I I almost did too. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Continue what you were saying, Johnny. Sorry. 
Well, the funny thing about um, Montagi, Montagi, or what, how are you going to say it, is I put it in the schedule because I thought, man, this would be fun. That you know, they ran it a long time ago, and Danica won there or, or whatever. Holy race! Um, yeah. Well, there's no setup for the trucks, so I had to come up with it. There's there's a couple tracks in the seasons that. We made reference to this last night on the on the air, by the no, way. No, sorry. Sorry, real quick, Johnny, because you're gonna love this one. <laughs> Justin said, We need someone to treat that burn. Is there a firefighter in the house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I don't have my I don't have my toolbox. Mouthful <laughs> with butterbeer, I'm all right, man. <laughs> yeah. Could be all sticky then. So so I will comment that that setup. It wasn't for everyone, but it was set up in the exact way that I love to run, that it's, you know what, if I decide to go a little bit hot coming out of a corner and I may hit the wall, yeah, just give it a little more gas, it'll bring the back end around. So the the funny... Let me talk about it real quick. We were doing, in in the, the, uh, before the race, we were practicing, Johnny, I go, I'm asking Johnny how to set the car up, and Johnny's going... I made this setup, but I did like two months ago. I don't know how to drive it either. So we're like, trying to figure out how to drive the damn car. So that's what I was, I was starting to say is like, yeah, like two months, like two months ago, I knew this was coming up and I had some free time. So I, I got in the car and spent like an hour coming, you know, coming up with a setup. What I found out really quickly last night, like following Daniel Shirley around stuff is that I was driving it completely wrong or different than everybody else was so i was actually pretty proud that i came up with a setup like that that i was overdriving and and you know the fast guys figured it out and then even by the end of the race i had figured it out but um yeah it was it was just a lot of fun and and i'm glad that the setup held up hey so real quick i've got to respond to this john said danica gets a win larry gets a third place who is better I don't know who commented as far from our media group on that. Um, John, obviously me, because of my competition, was a lot stiffer than Danica's. So, <laughs> obviously no, my third. Dude. Obviously my third, okay? I'm just throwing that hey, out there. Really, really quick, I see that Kevin Dietz is watching, and I want to give a shout-out to him. Yeah, hey, He's the father of the TNT League. He may have even been the person that asked me to join way back when. I don't even remember. And you guys, you guys should bring him on sometime. That he, I would love to get him on. I would love to get him on. He is one of the nicest guys I think in the league. And there's he's just this great people this in the big, league. Big lovable guy. Yeah, yeah he really is. He really is. So, Which, by the way, real quick, while we're talking about people being so sweet in the league, because and it kind of comes to what you guys preach on about the league, right? We're at friends for racing friends. This should be a night, you know, gentleman style league. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I posted my baby registry. Justin Anderson went out there and bought the most expensive thing on it and sent it to my house. You know what I, I mean? Like that, by the way, because we're not friends on Facebook. Well, I, I don't know what to tell you, Randy. We are friends on Facebook. I know. I didn't see your baby registry. I don't want to tell you. Yeah, so, are we friends? I don't know. We're not. Oh, That's the problem with Facebook is if you have a lot of friends, sometimes you miss miss stuff. never saw anything about it. 
<laughs> I like how my yeah, teammates are like, wait, we're not friends? Team chat. I know I'm you're having a baby. You're right. You're having a baby? <laughs> this is happening? Look, look, look. You're I, married? I don't send friend requests. I don't send friend requests. People want to be friends with me. So I uh, I wait on the friend request. To come ah, out. see, I'm the same way, though. Mm. Is that too. But I keep getting all these little Asian girls, and I'm like... I got a I got a follow request today on uh, uh, what's what's that social media one uh, Instagram, and it was the guitar addict, and I was like, oh yeah, let me follow him back. On thanks. Instagram? Yeah, thanks, did, Randy. Oh, that's right, I did send that to you. See? Yeah, thanks, Randy. <laughs> See? But uh, <laughs> but uh, so I got to bring so up the back. fact that oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. If you continue on. Is it going back to the friends racing friends? Yeah. Versus, um, what you're you're talking about? That that's something you know that was I want to say preached to me, but that's what what they told me the league was all about when I joined. And I'm like, cool. Um, here I am. You know, I've been a firefighter for 27 years now, and I was doing it back in college. So my my time has always been limited in the league. I was always welcomed into the league to race when I when I could. And everybody in this league, um, from the fastest guy, and back then it was Tony Kelly and Dave Traeger, um, to the slowest guy, which was probably me, um, <laughs> everybody was nice. And everybody yeah. was willing willing to, to You were the help. slowest. Uh, no. Well, you weren't the slow. You were slow, but you were the slowest. Right. I was learning, you know. And, uh, you know, we had to dial up back then and all that stuff. And it was everybody was always willing to help, and, and that's kind of the same thing, same thing we, we have going on now. And that's something that we've always wanted to continue on. We want this to truly be a, a family-like atmosphere, and it always has been. And back in the in the late '90s, we started getting, doing this, the get-togethers, the Southern get-togethers, and I finally was able to make one in Charlotte. Um, back then, they had the uh, silicone motor speedways at, at the malls that you could go to yeah. and i had actually worked at yeah. one at, at one is here near chicago for fun that's where i met uh, dale jr and senior they came for the opening and uh we actually got to, when we did the get together we actually went there and we rented the place out and we raced each other and there was, somebody brought a trophy i have that trophy sitting around here somewhere i ended up winning i had an unfair advantage i, I knew how to drive those cars since i worked there but um you know, to get together like that, it was it was great to meet guys. Um, got to meet Joe Dinsmore, uh, Keith uh, Makta. Uh, is that how you say it? I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, Taz, Taz, a, a lot of guys, and uh, it was a cool trip because actually, on the way down, I stopped at Bristol Motor Speedway. This is pre-9-11 and stuff, and I probably shouldn't even talk about this publicly. But I stopped at the track. It was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The gate to the track was open. And I took my little Toyota Corolla around the apron of Bristol Motor Speedway and got the hell out of there before anybody even noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I tell what? you what, when you're, when you're driving your little car around Bristol and you see that banking, okay, at first I'm like, oh, I'm going to drive, the, drive the, my car around the banking. There's no way. No way. It is no. intimidating. Yeah. I will tell you this. Uh, Tim Springer was down here the last week, and Tim had 
mentioned to me that Ed and him were talking about actually doing another get together, and uh, hopefully Please. that will come about. So having at Darlington, so well, I could do that. That's what I. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Is Ed and I a couple months ago started talking about man, we got to do, we got to get a get together. We have to have a get together. And yes, uh, since you mentioned it, we are talking about having it at Darlington. We're trying to work out the formalities, um, whether it's going to be at the track or just in the town of Darlington. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to get the track to let us come to the track. So, But mark it down, everybody that's watching, actually going to be a year from this weekend. And it's kind of fitting that you had me on this weekend. I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> We're planning to get together for uh, June, June 11th of 2022. So everybody mark your calendars down. We'll take the weekend off of racing, and we'll all meet in South Carolina and get together, have some beers, have some food, and have a, a, a great time together. All right. I just need to figure out who's going to pick me up from Charlotte. I, I, or I can. I mean, I'm, I'm three uh, hours from Charlotte. Minutes, so I'm, I'm three hours. You're an I'm hour 40, away from. <laughs> I'm yeah. 40 minutes from Darlington, if that. So. Yeah, but see, you're oh, in South it's Carolina. Who's got to pick me up in Charlotte? I'm in I North figure Carolina. Out what airport I can get to that's going to get me there? Hey, because if you get 100, percent I will be there. Josh, Go to Raleigh. Did you get in trouble once this to... year already for booking a flight without telling. <laughs> you should probably that tell was my wife. I will tell her in advance because I have more prep for this one. <laughs> He's got a good point, though. You could have had more prep for that one. You could have waited 25 minutes to book the flight and said, Hey, honey, guess what? Wanted to take advantage to where it was only like 5,000 points rather <laughs> did you than want to, 12. Did you want to take advantage of the points or did you want to take advantage of the... If I already did it, she can't say no. Oh, no, she would say no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just out. Or trying to get a refund. No, hey, flying to Raleigh, man, that's only an hour away. That's even closer. If you fly uh, Sprint, I think it you know, it only costs like $30. Yeah, I, I absolutely will never go on that flight or on oh, that it's airline. Drive there. It's only like a <laughs> I did. That's why I said that. drive. I'm going to need Tim St. Jean to meet you on a connecting flight as well to fly in, in this way. Man, I'll pick you both up. We'll freaking. If we'll he flies through Toronto, I will join him. I will probably drive down, so. You know, if I need to pick up anybody, I will. And Joe's commenting on the, on the um, feed here that he'll pick any, anybody up exactly. on his way down. So just, we can we can make this happen. Hey, just, just just rent a bus for the Yankees, and all the Yankees just come down in a damn bus or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm just looking at this way. Johnny's six hours from me because I've made that drive to Chicago like way too many times in my life. Mm -hmm. And then when you start going south. Then it just kind of sucks. So hold on, hear hear me out on this. What if you drove down to Dayton, met up with me in Dayton? Johnny drives to Dayton, meets up with us in Dayton. We'll just carpool from Dayton. He's coming from Chicago, so he's going to come through Indiana anyways. Well, that that is true, but I do have an agreement with my wife. My wife's going to go sit at the beach in Myrtle Beach while we're doing this. So I'll uh, bring we'll the fam. That bring the fam, <laughs> and, and, and also there's, there's well, better beaches than Myrtle Beach. I can help you out with that. Yeah, that's oh true. yeah, there are. That's facts. But it, we're, we're kind of getting sidetracked here. Hey, <laughs> so I, I did. I I did want to bring up the fact that one I wanted to speak on Sunday, um, 
the Charlotte race, you started like 24th or 25th, had a phenomenal run. I think you finished into the top 10. And then not only did you do it to the Charlotte race, but then you come and do it into the truck race. So I got to know, one, you're having phenomenal runs from the back, but are these planned? Are you trying to grab those extra points? or? So last Sunday, um, I had to work. And normally my work work schedule is, I work two two different departments. So one's full-time, one's part-time. My wife stays home with the kids. And, you know, I work probably about 100 hours a week if you don't count the time I get to sleep at the firehouse and stuff. Um, but you can count total hours. It's about 100 hours a week. Um, so I worked at a, a 12-hour shift to, to 6 p.m. here, which is 7 p.m. there. We got, got a call like at like 5.30, and, this per, and the person we picked up wanted to go to one of our farther hospitals, and it's like, oh, I'm going to miss the race. So I literally called home and had them register me into the race as I was driving home. I got home just as qualifying started. Now, I didn't take an EOL at Dover, so I was supposed to start in the back anyway, so no big deal. I scarfed down some food and I hopped in in the the race with no practice. I couldn't even set up my my wheel the way I wanted to. But Charlotte being Charlotte, you know, I kind of just went into tire conservation mode, and I had ran some laps there um, in practice, so... I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I felt bad for Adam because Adam was on fire that night, and uh, he got caught speeding in, in the pits, and it threw his night off. And he, he would have definitely been in the top five that night. Um, but I just, I don't know, I just kind of drove conservatively and worked my way up, and I ended up finishing 12th at, at uh, Charlotte, which I was happy with. Um, I needed another five laps, and I was catching the pack that was in front of me. Um, I think a lot of guys just like to run hard there, and then all of a sudden the tires go away. I kind of like to run conservatively and, and just, um, you know, kind of manage my tires there. Um, same, well, you know, and the same thing like Wednesday. Uh, even though I, I designed the setup, I felt the setup was pretty good for running there. I never had a chance to go back up and, and kind of, go back into the sim and fine-tune it and got I want to say lucky with the setup you know everybody liked it well well, Josh says not everybody liked it but (laughs) I loved it like that that it it drives exactly like I like it it turned out to be really well and once I followed some of the faster guys and figured out what they were doing especially downshifting in in uh, three and four I, I found myself getting, you know, being fast. And um, the cool thing about Wednesday night is the way the strategy was playing out. Um, <clears throat> I think the first time we pit, I just took, yeah, I think the caution came out with like 15 laps into the race. I just took fuel only. And then um, the next stop was a caution. We t- took four tires. And then when we started that run of green flag pit stops, I think I was running like 15th or so. I had started like 22nd, and I was running a pack of guys, and I wanted to get ahead of them. So I only took two. And at that point, everybody started their their green flag pit stops, and it catapulted me up into the top five. 
So here I am, I am running like fourth, and I think we only had like 15 laps left in a race, and I'm like, oh man, I only took two, and two tires worked really well there. I was really surprised. You know, sometimes when you take two, you you, you end up being loose. And it had a little loose feel to it, but I, I think it wor- actually worked in my favor uh, somewhat. But the leaders who, you know, had had been been in the top ten um, made their pit stops, and they all came out staggered as well. And they were they were fast, but I was able to stay in that top five for a while. And then I slowly started seeing Joe Joe come up, and I knew Joe was going to get me. But I'm like, man, if I can finish in, in the top five or top seven. I'd be really happy. But then those last two cautions came out. I was like, oh, that just screwed everything because we were all spread out. I could, probably could have easily stayed up in that that top top 10. Uh, but I, I did get lucky and was able to, to finish eighth. And uh, and it, that was that was actually a lot of fun. So so I have to ask you, you know, being an admin with the truck series, what specifically regarding the truck series, what do you think drivers in truck series need to improve on? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think I think just like in any any series is taking the time to, to learn learn the tracks. Um, you know, a lot of guys tend to jump into practice and not take the time to actually set up their, their wheel and, and stuff right. And if anybody's ever having problems with that, you know, there's a lot of us that, that can help with that. You know, when we first started back up, a lot of guys forgot what offset what was and steering ratio, and I'm one of them. I'll admit I had to look up exactly how that all worked worked again. Um, and, and that does it does make a big difference at, at certain tracks. Um, brake bias is another one. I, and at at the race on Wednesday night, I think I had my brake bias about fifty five percent. Yeah, it was fifty five. We ran fifty five. Yeah. We both were running the same setup. And then I would crank it down to fifty two. I think during the during the runs. So to me, that that helped me out. I I would like to say. Um, but yeah, that all plays plays in a role. So I think. To answer your question, fine-tuning, fine-tuning your your setups for the race, I think, would help a lot of guys. Uh, honestly, I'm looking at some of the comments, and first off, I would I would like to reiterate exactly what Johnny just said. Don't take the setup as gospel, because some people, when it comes to especially brake bias, which is one of the few things that we can change in the series. Some people don't do well with an even brake bias. Like, I obviously you said you had it cranked back. I do the exact same thing. But some people, like when Carl and I are talking about TNT, he has a tendency to have his farther forward than I do, but it's just a matter of preference. And sometimes making that little bit of a difference can change someone's race by even a half a second by having the brake balance in a much better place because if you're one of those late breakers or somebody that breaks while you're turning if you don't have it a little bit further forward you're going to be a little less stable 
Whereas me, I'm a little bit earlier of a breaker and a lighter breaker to where if it's farther back, I know I can keep that back end from sliding, but I'm going to be faster through the entire turn. Well, well, and, and, and that you're actually leading in my question I wanted to ask. It's a, you know, I know a lot of times like I'll, I'll start a TNT race or something, and a lot of the guys who have less experience will say things like, hey guys, what should I set my steering ratio to? Hey guys, what should I set my brake bias to? How how are you guys finding? Like, I mean, I have my own answer to this, but how are you guys finding like where you sh- your where your personal preference is for brake steering ratio and steering things? Take taking the time to practice. I mean, that's jump and practice early and play with it. That's the only way you're gonna figure out. And now, you know, we've sent out videos on steering ratio and. In the, I th- think break by as, as well. I, I think it was Joe. Um, same video. Last year sent out a, a yeah. All about it. It yeah, the same all video. It. And it was it was like, right? It was like holy crap. That's how how all that works. And not only that, but you know, steering ratio can help with with tire wear and and burning up your your, your stuff. I'm um, going back to what Josh was saying. Yeah, I, I had my stuff cranked back, and it almost bit me a couple times because there's a couple cars going into primarily three and four on Wednesday night that almost like stopped in front of me and I had to get on hard on the, on the brakes. And there was at least one time that, I, that I almost lost it. And then I that's may the, have been one of those actually, if I remember <laughs> correctly. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't No, That was during practice. Oh, okay. But during, during, oh. Yeah, during the race, it was like my, my heart sunk once because I thought I was going to go around, but I was able to take it down to the apron and save it. But, um, that that is the, the trade-off with that is you 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 have to be light on the brakes going in, but it, it really, you know, when you have a, a brake bias that's farther back, it really helps the car turn, and um, I I, I kind of needed that, and and that's again that's perfect personal preference and figuring out what works for you. Um, I just saw a comment. Justin said that he prefers a brake bias higher than than Joe, you know. So it's just all about your style and figuring that out. Can I make one request? Mm-hmm. Can we move the walls a little farther back? Eh. No. <laughs> if the wall Randy, just we can put the wall back. on I ninety five and you're still <laughs> find a way to hit it. Oh, I'm not that bad. I know I make it. I mean, it. It, kind of what he's saying right there, right? I mean, everybody's different. Um, nobody enters the corner at the exact same point. Nobody enters the corner at the exact same pace. Nobody hits the brake the exact same amount as the other person. I mean, it could just be that that much pressure difference that's going to cause a brake bias difference, right? Whether it be a .5. But like Johnny said, if you don't get in there and you don't practice, if you don't play with it, you don't fine-tune it, you're never going to know for you. We could watch those videos all day long, but all you're learning in that video is you're not learning where to set the brake bias. You're learning how to adjust the brake bias as that race goes along you it's up to you to figure out that initial break bias nobody can tell you who that what that is yeah you got to fill the car out to figure out what's going to work for you if you don't well you know, and that's the thing with the fix fix the fixed setups are just a guideline you know we we run fixed setups just because that's the easiest way way to run the, the league um we used to run an open day i think it was on saturdays where we ran an open setup a league in the morning and yeah that was a lot of fun because you had 
you had to figure out what adjustments you could make and stuff. But it was also a big pain in the ass trying to find a setup that you could work with and go out there and, and run competitively. With us being fixed, again, there's there's only certain things we can change. And it gives everybody kind of an even playing field a little bit. But there's, the like I said, the finer things that you can um, adjust to your style that can make or break you that night and also learning the racing lines you know like i said the other night i was following daniel shirley around and i realized i was pushing too hard coming out of the turns but what was, what was cool about montegi is you could run a little higher line get on the gas and and the, the rear end would come around on you so you could run a little higher line and and stay even with the guy running in the lower line yeah, and actually, I kind of want to piggyback off of that. If you, Joe, mentioned it, one of the biggest things that I don't see a lot in practice is everybody trying to run fast laps. Not many people try to figure out, okay, if I get stuck up on the high line, how am I going to handle that? People only run the fast line and don't really necessarily learn what a secondary line may be if, okay, if I'm stuck on the low line this is my breaking point if I'm on the high line. Is this my breaking point? Yeah, let me, let me talk a little bit about that. At, at, at the cup race at Charlotte, and I want to, go, want to give out a, a shout-out to Brandon Bernhardt. Him and I were racing side-by-side side later in the race for position, um, and he was totally making the high line work at Charlotte against the wall. And I was like, holy cow, I'm, tr- I'm trying to dive underneath him and get by him, and he is almost running flat out up against the wall and I'm like how the hell is he making this work I tried to follow him I was able to stay even with him but every time I would get by him he would just pass me on the, on the outside and it was like man he figured it out so taking the time and, and figuring out those lines too and, and what works especially like late in the race if you start running a higher line you, you may be able to get runs on somebody that, that has to get way off the gas running the low line yeah. Yeah, and then and kind of like you were saying, I mean, when you see a car that if you, it's all about entry to exit speed, right? So if you're running in too deep, your your exit speed is probably going to be pretty weak. So you've got to know how to adjust to those other cars because if you run them where it's running deep, they may come out in front of you, but they may not have the speed that you got. And if you don't predict that, you're going to run right up the you know ass end of. You're going to give them the tip. More than the tip. <laughs> you might be a few tires deep. And that's the other thing. You have to pay attention to what the guy in front of you is doing. You know, if he's running a different line from you, or line from you, or he may start high and then come low to get a better exit, you can't expect to, like, dive into that turn and expect him not to be there. You know, so you have to adjust your line to, you know, what your competitor is running as well, as, as we know. And they have to adjust to how you're running, you know. So I think a lot of guys don't take the time to figure that out and just kind of run in there, and then that causes uh, trouble sometimes. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, that goes back to the TNT race, right? I mean, you can look at the car in front of you, but if you're not predicting what the car in front of that car is doing, you'll never actually see what the car in front of you is going to do. If they're checking up, it's going to cause the car in front of you to check up. And then by that time, it's too late for you to check up because 
you know, especially super speedways, you're drafting so close. Right. And, you know, there's something to be said, like looking through the the windshield of, of the car in front of you or just looking, you know, past the uh, A post of, of the car in front of you and, and looking f- forward on the track, um, especially if you're running the high line and you don't want to run into a wall, you've got to look forward and see where you want the car to go. Because you know, I, I got to say something about uh, talking about this view thing real quick. Talking to Tim Springer, he brought back an old point that back in, when we were running 2003, a lot of guys used to race on top of the car. Do you remember that, Johnny? You could you could ride on the outside of the car and looking down right. at the car. And he was saying that he he wasn't so sure he could come back to iRacing and come into iRacing because he didn't know how to drive inside the cockpit because he wouldn't know how to look and see what's in front of him. So that's exactly the point. Some people can't adapt to that. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And guys with single monitors versus triples, I'm not convinced it really makes a difference. You know, I have my button set that I can give a quick look over if I'm concerned about somebody on my right hand side and it literally is just a flash over it which is what you would normally do in, in real life you just do a quick look yep drops me off yep. no I, so, I completely yeah. I completely agree with that I have mine so the same way but if I look over like that hit that button to go over there I come back and I'm I'm moving down to the left or something like that from doing that well where, where you're looking is where you're going right unless you overcompensate yeah it's just, it's just a quick quick look. Um, yeah, it's a little quick. Being as old as I am, it's a quick look to the left, and I'm a rider, and I'm I'm in the wall. Are you are you still racing on a TV, Randy? Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, you need it's, a monitor, man. You need a monitor to decrease that latency. Yeah, I know. I you know one day I'll I'll move up to the big boys, but unfortunately all the the monitors are so expensive. So, I'll send you. I'll send you, know I'll send you my triples. How about that? Okay, fine. Send I, I, I'll give you my triples. <laughs> well, everybody's going to VR, so there's plenty of monitors out there. I've got a, You know, I've got the VR thing up here, but it's unfortunately it's the, the VR one, and I that's what I need to get. Is that? Yeah, I need to get that thing you got there, Larry. Three hundred bucks. I guess I can go to that, but I don't know if my sound card or my, my video card. I don't think my video. You can card buy a monitor for three hundred bucks. I got a great the thirty-two inch monitor for three hundred bucks. I think VR way more, but yeah, I want VR. I really do want VR. You know, I will say it does make a difference, and I've I know a few people that are currently running it on potato graphics cards. Really? Hmm. I that t- guy over there, th- th- dude. It, this guy, this guy's, guy's waiting on RAM so he can stream. But uh, <laughs> but hey, seriously though, I mean, going back to that whole that aspect of that single monitor, right? I mean, it's obviously we're getting a lot of uh, chatter in the talk, or, uh, comments about it. But I mean, yeah, it's it's literally a quick look. So what does it matter if it's a single or you know triples, right? I used to run triples. I liked them. Now I went VR. Will I ever go back from VR? No. I, I love VR. I love the immersion of it. But it's it's literally that quick look, right? Like you said, it's that flash. And that's all you're doing because if you're staring right, you're going right. Like it's it's a natural body reaction. You don't notice your hands, but it, you're going to go right. 
But that's going back to like with Randy using a TV, the latency, it's not quick. So when he goes to look right, it may stay over there a little bit longer than he's yeah. used to. So when he comes back, he's already drifting and it's hard to compensate. Right. Whereas if you have a better monitor, you know, for me, I, my, my buttons on the steering wheel are, are left and right, and I can just pop it real quick and, and, and do that quick flash, and, and the, the latency is very minimal. Right. I like that we're talking about this because this brings up a great point, and I think this may be a way for me to be able to get the VR because my daughter is leaving for Disney next week. She's going to work at uh, Epcot, right? She needs a TV set for her room. And Man. I was going to give her the TV upstairs, but I think this 43 would be a lot better. And instead of going out and buying a TV set for our room upstairs, I can buy a VR for this room. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's perfect, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, like I said, the only thing I use my triples for is here. It's for streaming, right? Like... You know that's that's about all they're really good for to me. I mean, and but like everybody says, the the it's personal preference. If you want VR, or you want monitors or whatever. I mean, it, it is going to be preference. I just after I went VR, I don't want to go back. But what, what brought that whole conversation on it is watching that car in front of you, right? As long as you can see that car in front of you, not even that, but that car in front of them, and that that adaptation, right? Because I mean, as a everyday person, you're used to just driving with what's in front of you you're watching the brake lights of the car in front of you how many people actually truly watch the car in front of them but even even watching ah, the car next to you a difference so one thing one thing we could do better and it may help some people and you know depending on on when we have uh, net code and stuff is running close to somebody because if you go on a turn and you're you guys know if you're way high versus the guy running down on the white line, you're going to most likely be slower than him. But if you can get closer to him and be comfortable running closer to him, you're going to, you're going to be just as fast and, and mm -hmm. if not faster than that, that person running the low line. And that's where, like, taking that quick look over and seeing how close you are makes a difference. Yeah. But if you're on, on, if you're uncomfortable and, and you can't do that, you're going to have a tendency to, to run farther away from him, and that's just going to make you a little slower. And, and and one thing I want to add on to that, I mean, I, this is something I've talked about before, like, you know, the, the kind of difference between, like, hard tracks and good, you know, easy tracks or whatever. Like, I I understand, like, a lot of times, like, there's some easy tracks out there that, um, you know, the best driver doesn't always win. But, you know, on a lot of the hard tracks, sometimes, not always, but sometimes you have, you know, almost every lap run under caution. And if you're running under caution, guys aren't learning how to drive. Like, I mean, I look at a TNT last year, which massive improvement this year, even last night, which wasn't great. Um, you know, we had lap, you know, races we were running like, you know, 75% of the race under caution. I wasn't learning anything about driving next to other people. I would like to say that I was learning not to run under, running my teammates under caution, but I didn't learn anything about that yeah, either. That, that was last night. Was <laughs> so, not fun for that. Um, but but I, I think you know that, that is one nice thing about running the tracks that are a little bit, you know, your mile and a half and stuff like that. Things are a little bit easier. That you know you have more green flag laps. Guys, guys start to kind of learn how to run with each other. Actually, I, real quick, sorry, I want to say something to that. Believe it or not, 
you can take some sort of learning curve out of running under caution. And I say that because of this. What did we just speak about? Learning to watch the car in front of the car in front of them, right? Either which way, no matter, it doesn't matter if you're at 100, 200 miles an hour, 400 miles an hour, or you're at 20 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour. You're still watching that car in front of them because what, what causes that accordion effect, right? This car just coming off pace a little bit, checks this car up, then it checks this car. Well, all it takes is one person not to be paying that much attention. This person checks up. Well, if you don't predict this, you're now checking up. The car behind you now is checked in. And this is where that accordion effect comes in at. It takes all of us out. They're, the only thing it doesn't do is you don't get that comfortability at speed. So you can gain some sort of learning from running under caution. Just you're not going to get it at 200 miles an hour. Which, again, I mean, I, I agree with that. I absolutely don't disagree. I, right. I, I wouldn't I, 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 I think that. I, that's one reason why I'm like, trying to push like a lot of the guys who who are more aggressive, in, especially the TNT series, like be, be a little bit more patient. If we can run green flag, we're all going to get better at this because I I get better every single race I run in, not everything else. But I mean, I haven't gotten worse. I mean, that that'd be impossible for my first race. So um, I, I've gotten better every single race. So I, as long as you're green flag racing, you're getting you're getting better at a faster rate than you would under you know a caution filled race. Of course, I mean the more the more laps that you can run under green. The more you, you do learn, I mean, it's just it's just track time. You're, if you run on a caution, you're not learning anything other than following the guy in front of you. Um, I challenge everybody, you know, when we race this week, is take the time and look forward ahead of you, and you'll find that you may be more comfortable running your 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 line, your race, doing so than to just be watching the car in front of you constantly. And there, that keyword constantly, right? You still have to do those checks. Like, don't think that you can just watch the car in front of them and just ignore the car in front of you. It's a check. It's example. So it's got to be a check. How many times do guys run off into the wall, and the guy behind them runs right into the wall too? Yep. It's because they're following that guy, following that that bumper, and and it happens all the time. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. you still have to look at your. You still need to use your braking points, your acceleration points, and looking ahead on the track to see what's going on. And looking ahead, another point is, especially when somebody's wrecking, how many times do we see somebody come barreling through a wreck? Mm-hmm. You know, ten seconds after the wreck has happened because they're not paying attention to what's mm-hmm. going on ahead. No brakes. Well, no brakes. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, we see little yellow flags waving and stuff in front of your face and right. it still happened. Uh, still going full there's, speed. There's the thunder. Oh, no, I can make a break. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I'm eating ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, you know, it, it is one of those things. It's, what do they say? If, if racing was easy, everybody would do it, right? I mean, there's always going to be that learning curve of understanding who's doing what. I, I want if if you don't completely comprehend what's being said, 
there's a video on YouTube and it watches a race car driver's eyes. All right. They do a shot by shot. They do the front of the car and they do the race car driver's eyes and watch how much that dude's eyes move because his eyes never sit still. He's never looking just forward. He's looking forward, left, right, forward, left, right, forward, left, right. It's always a check. Because he's trying to see where he is on the track. So he's trying to find either a breaking point, who's on the outside, on the inside. Who's ahead of them? Who's ahead of that person? You see his eyes move up, move down. His eyes move so fast and so much. It's almost, it'll almost make you puke. My, my personal favorite right now is uh, Roman Grosjean, since he's come over to Indy. He does a track through my eyes every time he's about to run a race. And this week was Road America. Oh, I actually I just that sent that sick. to a friend of mine that you know we go up to Road America. Me. Yeah, it, it was it was cool. I'll you know I'll post it in the uh, the group so everybody can see it. Um, I'll post it on the chat. But yeah, he's almost never looking forward, and I mean those cars do have restrictions on how far you can turn your head just because of all of the safety devices that are in there. Right. But again. Especially with the Indy cars, because they have the halo and the pillar square in the middle. That pillar is almost at the very edge of his vision every single turn. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, what? Well, hey, so let's go ahead. We're looking forward to New Hampshire this week in the truck series. Uh, okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I want to grab uh, some predictions off of the truck series, and then we're going to hit Cup. So. Truck series, Carl. Let's get give it to me. New Hampshire. You're muted. You're muted, dude. Thank you. Sorry. Um, Have another I drink. Last, I look. I look at last I'm year. Here. I look at what uh, Blake Gordon did. Uh, he had a really dominant uh, race uh, in New Hampshire in the first uh, AOL uh, reunion season. Um, but I. I'm going to go with uh, Justin Anderson. Um, I think Blake's going to lead a whole lot of laps, but I think Justin Anderson's going to win the race. Johnny? Johnny? Um, i got to go with Blake. Blake is just a master at the, the shorter tracks, especially the flat tracks. And, you know, he's he's going to be hard to beat. I mean, it's not... But... So Thanks. <laughs> um, so... I, I got to do it. I haven't done it all night. I got to go with Chris Pacini. He, he, every time we've seen him run, and especially since New Hampshire is a slightly larger short track, he was doing great this past week at Motegi until a little incident happened. Hmm. But honestly, I think that's, yeah, I can't go against him how big is motegi is that, is it's that a mile or uh motegi's a mile and a half oh okay 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 so, so that that's the interesting part is joe and i were talking and it doesn't feel like it's that big of a track right it's actually 1.6 miles long okay I'm, I, I thought I'm, it felt big to me i'm yeah <laughs> No That's comment, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, no, he does. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go with the, the winner of the, uh, the most recent short track, so I'm going to go Dan Shirley. Yeah. 
It's a good pick. Yeah. I'm going to go with Justin Anderson. That's my pick. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So let's kick it over to Texas. Mile and a half. Cup Series. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Give it to me. Unmute yourself, please. Yep, okay. I, I got it this time. Um, I uh, I am going to also pick Justin Anderson for this. Um, Blake is sort of hit or miss at uh, mile and a half, and uh, I've already set the precedent that I'm not going to pick a teammate, so uh, I'm going Justin Anderson. Fair enough. For Texas, if we can get green night flag, race, love that. If we can get green flag runs, then I, I got to go, go with the man who uh, just realized that uh, the brake sensor wasn't up to speed and he replaced it. But that's uh, Mr. Joe Dinsmore. Uh, his brake sensor failed on him a couple, a couple weeks ago, and he realized that it hadn't been working for quite some time. So he's got that thing dialed in now. And as we saw at in the truck series, he almost ran Blake down and, it, and definitely was a contender. So I got to go with Joe. Hey, real quick, uh, to carry off what you said right there, I, I was actually – I got Dan Lisa up right now. Um, to, to prove your point further, he was fast – he has the fastest lap of that race. Of Motang. Awesome. So, I did not realize that his break was off that much and that actually expl- for that long, and that actually explains a lot. Fair enough. But Josh. I, 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 I'm going to go against the team thing on this one, and actually this is more just because he's been there for a while. I got to go with Tim. He's been killing it on these intermediates, and he's also been really moving up towards the front in the Cup Series, and he had a fourth this past week. I I think he's officially at the point where he's felt out iRacing and going to be fighting everybody. Oh, no, he hadn't figured it out yet, because once he does, you'll know. Trust me. First off, I love Tim. He's so working. Tim, I still need a Canadian coffee, but... Um, I want to point out, I never agreed to this whole, I'm not going to pick a teammate thing. So y'all can kiss my foot. Oh, majority, yeah. majority of GFM is CCR. So I'm not, no, uh, I'm going with my natural pick in the cup. I'm going with Hanner, bro. I mean, this dude won four of the last six races. He's won at Charlotte. He's won at freaking, uh, Darlington, Kansas, Talladega, like, I don't understand how he, this dude has been dominant since he's come here. I mean, I'm not going to say like, yeah, he's guaranteed to win every week. I mean, we see Justin Anderson, Dan Shirley, they've won, you know, whether it be at Coda or Dover, but uh, Blake, man, get ready, man. I think you're giving that alien status up and and calling it now. I'm calling it now. Hanner is pushing right now because he wants to make it into the chase. So he's a, that's he's a hungry. bad dude, man. I'm telling you, it's a bad dude. Right, I'm going with Adam Wood uh, this week. <laughs> hey, don't. You left it wide open. So I, uh, <laughs> left it wide open, so I had to do it. 
So you didn't pick it, though I did. <laughs> no, actually, my pick is Josh Hander as well. I'm going with him, too. I, I, I really like what this guy is doing a lot. And uh, if, if, the, uh, if the real guitar player in the uh, league can't win, I might as well give it to the second best guitar player. Absolutely. And, hey, and out in the comments, man, Mikey Keller, thank you. I got the love from Mikey Keller for this week at Texas. So, to all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to let you down, Mikey. But, uh, hey, hey, hey. I, got, I got the love as well uh, for the TNT series. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this has been a fun show, man. Um, we ran a little over than we normally do. Uh, yeah, but it's been an absolute awesome. blast. Johnny, man, thank you for coming out here and having out. Uh, we're going to get you back because we, we know you got a lot to say and you're a great endorsement and ambassador for this league. So we're definitely going to have you back out. Maybe hopefully one day we can have you and Joe at the exact same time. That'd be interesting. Oh, that, that would be cool. Shit up the whole broadcast. Joe, Joe and I are probably, Joe's probably my best friends um, in life. Yeah, he's somebody I can rely on all the time, and it's been that way for for many years, um, which is, again, a product of this league. I didn't know Joe before this league, so, you know. No, I didn't know you guys either, so. Yeah. I, I met everybody through a, a guy by the name of Randy Hopkins turned me on to the league in a Best Buy. That's where how I found the league, and then he turned me on to the AOLL or AOLL uh, thing on, on AOL. And it's like group. That's how we found each other. Yep. Remember that? Yep. yep. Randy is my best friend. Are <laughs> you my best friend? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're off tonight. Randy, hey, kick us off, man. Hey, thanks for coming, Johnny. Yes. Yeah, thanks, Johnny. All right, folks, you've been watching the Ghostfire Media podcast here on the Ghostfire Media Network. Don't forget, we've got racing coming up this week, starting on Tuesday night. The IVRL Butt Kicker Series kicks off at just before 7 o'clock. Then Wednesday night, we'll be back at the Sportsman Division on the AOLLL um, Series of Sportsman. Then Thursday night, it is the TNT Series Guitar Addict Series. And then we'll be back here Friday night again with these uh, cast of characters. I don't know if I'll be here. I can't remember if I have a gig or not. Uh, and then we will be Sunday night this week and next week. We've got the Cup Series. So always remember, Sunday nights are always Cup. And it's got Carl Henderson and Josh. Making that call. So, yep, making the call. So so I'll just say it from, uh, from all of us here at Ghostfire Media Network. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. And so long from the Sunshine State.